You're about to listen to Tadpog. Tyler and Dave play old games. It's a comedy video game podcast. We would like to stress that the hosts are not experts and are really just very crass commentators. Seriously, this is an explicit podcast that happens to talk about video games sometimes. So please enjoy this pretty okay podcast with Tyler and Dave. Hello, Internet, and welcome to another uh, very different Tadpog podcast. It's just a homespun, remotely recorded, artisanal podcast uh, where uh, three old guys uh, talk about old games for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we'll go ahead and explain yep. what explain what, what's going on. It's like I don't know where to begin. Um, I know it's weird. Hi everybody, uh, I'm your wizard sage yeah. Ian, and if it sounds funny to you, it's because we are recording remotely this week, and I think I'll leave that to yeah. our uh, bespectacled host to explain what happened. We've been spliced together in a lab. That is um, correct. Yeah. I'm that's me. I'm your bespectacled host, Dave. We should be playing like a D and D game this week. I was really looking forward to getting back to that. Um, yeah, me too. Because I know, yeah, it's been ramping up, and you know, after we did that last episode, which I thought was, I thought was really good. I mean, I thought it was fun. Just to, I don't get to talk to you guys a lot. You know what I mean? Like, um, we we essentially see each other once a week, uh, and that is when we record. And as much as I love the D and D game, which I do love. Um, I don't get to talk to you guys a lot. So like when we, when we do that game, so it's like, there's been a long, there's like this long stretch of like not talking to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and then like last, last week we got to talk for a bit and that was, that was nice. Um, so I guess we'll the irony of that is, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I was about to say, but now that a week has passed since that, um, almost, uh, there's not a lot for me to say. So I guess what I've learned is that I don't really need to talk to anybody once a week because not a lot goes on. <laughs> well, next to my wife um, and everyone I work with, seeing you guys once a week is the most I see anybody else. Well, that goes the same well, for yeah. me. I work from home. I, I see my wife and my grandson and you guys every week, and that's just about it. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I see... Nikki and Henry and yep. And you guys, and then my mom probably about once a week on the weekends. Um, and then, you know, coworkers and stuff. Uh, but we're, we're I have COVID boys. Uh, <laughs> bump, bump, I have COVID. Bump. So we hear. Uh, yeah, I got, um, I got COVID. Uh, I, I still, I, I still have it, I suppose. Um, I've been in this, I've been in my office at the house for, um, a few days now. Uh, I, so on when, what happened was on Thursday morning, I was like getting ready for work and I was like, man, it kind of sucks that I got back in town and like caught a cold. Um, because it's like, I've been gone for a week in Vegas and, um, you know, I just kind of want to get back into the daily routine and, uh, I don't feel super great. 
and I was taking a shower Wednesday morning, getting ready to go into work. And I remember like Nikki uh, came into the bathroom. She said, okay, we're, we're leaving. Have a good day. And it's like, okay, have a good day. And it's like, you know, I don't feel super great. I think I'm going to, I think I'm just going to take one of those at home COVID tests that we ordered, like just kind of like on a whim. Um, and just to be safe, you know, I've been traveling. I don't think I have COVID or anything, but nah. like just to be safe. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was seriously like, uh, it was like, I remember like, even like laughing in my head where it's like, Oh no, we're going to run through all these, uh, at home COVID <laughs> tests of which we now have zero. Uh, <laughs> did, you, hey, did you, did you get your second batch of them ordered? Cause you can get another one. Uh, yes. Now. Okay. Yes, but they haven't arrived yet. Um, I don't, hopefully they come in a lot sooner than the first batch does. So, um, so yeah, I took the at home test and you know, they've got an app for it. And, um, so I'm following the instructions on the app and I'm doing all like the different things and like, I'm really pressed for time because I kind of thought this was going to be, I don't know why I thought the at home COVID test was going to be real simple. I thought that I could do in like two minutes. It's it's not, <laughs> it's a process. Uh, so like I'm watching the clock, I get it all done and I'm like watching the clock, waiting the 15 minutes or whatever, you know, for it to, for the results to come in Yeah, and I'm getting ready. And then the timer goes off and I go and I look at the, I look at the test strip. Right. And it is like, you guys have taken the the at home test, right? I've taken two now since mm-hmm. we talked. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, I've taken I've taken one every hour on the hour since Thursday. <laughs> no. Well, I'm sorry to put you through no, that. No, no, no. But funny. like you know how there's like this control line, right? And then that's like a that's like a very noticeable magenta line. It's a hot and then there's like hot pink Alvin Barkley line. Yeah, it is. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And then on the other side, there's a, uh, the, the T line. And it's like, I swear, like mine had like the faintest line. I mean, it was the faintest line there, like to the point where I took a photo of the test. I sent it to Nikki and I sent it to my boss and I was like, do I have COVID? Um, and, <laughs> they were both like you should get another test yeah. <laughs> when you sent it to when you sent it to us and i took it in there and sh- i showed it to tanya i was like does dave have covid <laughs> and she's like ah, i blew it up you know i blew the picture up real big right and i was like right yeah uh, she looked at it and she's like fuck that's a line there's a line there oh my god you know for yeah. a second we were just like oh yeah. shit oh shit oh shit what do we do but, uh, yeah, it's. De- I mean, there was definitely a line, but I mean, it was like the color of a of a ghost's whisper. Yeah. I mean, it <laughs> was like I, I should have shown it to Melissa because when we were getting pregnant, she got real good at looking for faint lines. Oh, so that's true. Known, so. <laughs> well, there's there's definitely a line, but it's like what like what does that? But it was barely there, so I don't know if that's like a low viral load or or what. I mean, it's been pretty. It's been pretty mild, honestly. Like, I've had like today was the first day I woke up without a headache. That was nice, but the headache hasn't been like horrible. It hasn't been like debilitating. It's just been always there, yeah. you know. Um, and like I've just been taking ibuprofen for that. And then um, I 
I didn't have, I haven't had a fever at all, which is nice. Um, I've had like some congestion, a cough and sore throat. Uh, but I've also had three shots, you know, um, like my, my booster was in December. So, um, I, I think that like, I mean, it sucks that I got it, (laughs) but like, it's also really nice that it's been as, as mild as it has been. And I think I owe it to the vaccine for that. Oh, definitely. Um, Cause I've, I know people that didn't get it and regretted it big time. I'm glad I just got my second booster the other day. So, well, see, I haven't had a second booster yet. They say that 50 and above, or if you're in a high risk, you know, profession like you for Tyler, you know, I know you're literally work at a hospital. So obviously you're going to need your second one, but I, they haven't said, they the one I talked to a nurse uh, about it who she went through the whole losing her taste and smell thing, you know, the whole nine yards. And, but she said that at this point, they're probably going to make it like the flu shot where you just go get um, a shot every year for COVID. That'll work. Yeah, I'm good with that. Me too. I mean, I'm, I also will get my, I mean, I get my flu shot. So. <laughs> Flu nice. shot, COVID shot, pneumonia vaccine, just fucking give it all. Come on. You're bulletproof. All man. of it. Because <laughs> my doctor was like, would you only give those people 60 and up? I don't care. I don't care. Give me the give me the pneumonia vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken pox? That's, come on. Come on. Shingles? Let's do it. Have you Have you had chicken pox before? Uh, when I was in the third grade, I had chicken pox. You're good then. But maybe we got another one, right? Not against I want, shingles. I don't want shingles. <laughs> you could get shingles. Yeah, there is that. I don't think I've ever had chicken pox. My, I never had it. Like my parents actually did the thing where they exposed me to people with chicken pox, and I, I either my doctor at the time said, "Have you?" Well, you know, at one point I, when I was like going to the doctor for the first time on my own as an adult and they were like, okay, have you ever had chicken pox? I said, I don't think so. And they're like, yes, you have. And I said, no, I don't think I have had it. They said, ah, you probably had it. It was just a really mild case. And I'm like, if by mild case, you mean zero symptoms of (laughs) chicken pox, then, (laughs) then sure. I'll agree with you that I've never had it or that I've had it, but I'm pretty sure I haven't. Um, and then one other Are doctor. Are you a doctor? <laughs> it sounds like a Seinfeld bit. <laughs> right? One other doctor suggested um, I was potentially immune, which I also find unlikely. But I never did get vaccinated for it because I was just like, well. And I know now as an adult, if you get it, it's shingles and it gets real bad. Like, hell, my grandmother, I talked to her the other day. She's in her 90s and she got shingles and she's in hell. So I should probably vaccinate against that at some point. Yep. One of my one of my employees, like uh, several months ago, she was saying how her husband was like giving her a hard time saying she needed to get the shingle shot and she blew him off. And then the next week she got it and she oh, was God. saying how unbelievably painful it is. And she's stupid. She'll get all her vaccines from now on. Well, I'm glad that you guys didn't get COVID from me because I was really worried on because we recorded on Monday. And so, like, I got back from Vegas on Sunday 
<laughs> and then like took the next Monday off, the next Monday morning off from work, you know, cause I was like, I need to rest. Um, I'll just go into work for half a day on Monday, record with the boys Monday, uh, Monday evening, and then take Tuesday off so I can rec- recoup from that. Um, which was a good idea because I drank a whole bunch uh, right. on Monday. Me, you both hung out for like five hours after recording. <laughs> yeah, because I brought that like twelve pack of of, of uh, Yingling, and then Melissa came in. I was like, ah, help me drink all of this, please. Oh God! So you stuck around and finished those beers? There's yeah. one left. Well, I left one. There's one in the fridge. Yeah, nice. Which I was planning on drinking <laughs> while we were recording this, but you know. Oh God, now I feel bad for bailing on you so early. <laughs> oh well, it would have been it would have been nice, but um, you know, so Tuesday, um, I didn't feel great, and I thought it was because I drank so much damn beer, um. And cause like I woke up late and it's like, Oh, okay. Geez. Like when am I going to get over this jet lag? Uh, and then <laughs> Wednesday, Wednesday I went into work. Um, and you know, a few of my coworkers were like, there was one coworker who was like, man, I just haven't recovered yet from this trip. And you know, at the, at the time I'm thinking, yeah, that was a, that was a lot of, that was a, that was a hard trip. Uh, and then now I'm like, did she have COVID? Uh, so, because oh, at yeah. one point she's like, I you feel like I was all had it. <laughs> Hashtag Chris so Ryan gave Dave COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, there's honestly, there's no telling because, like, I was the whole time I was in Vegas, the whole time I was there, and I literally saw uh, over a thousand faces. Easy, there are. Th- three faces that I can recall having a mask on like that entire, like that entire trip. Um, like to the point where I remember when I saw a mask and I was like, Oh yeah, COVID. (laughs) (laughs) We went to the Paducah arts and music festival last night. Uh, and I did not see, I wasn't, I forgot my mask. I was actually going to wear it. Uh, but I forgot it. So we're walking around and there's, you know, a lot of people, uh, and I didn't see even one mask, not one the whole time. So, yeah, that's, that's not good. I mean, especially because, um, you know, like when we were talking earlier and it was like, um, Tyler, you were saying at your hospital, um, how it went from like zero cases to like what 10 and then now the whole floor the like floor. a matter of like three days yeah because january february start of march because we're like a 200 250 bed facility 60 to 70 to high as 80 covid in-house and then from there it just plummeted like end of march april start of may like it dropped to zero cases nothing and then, like last week, yeah, it went zero. And then, like Thursday, it was ten. And then I got a text on Saturday saying, "Uh, we shut down the floor." Damn. So yeah, she she's back. <laughs> yeah. Well, I um I plan on working from home tomorrow if I feel like I did today. Um, and then Tuesday, if I'm if I have no symptoms, Tuesday I'm going back into the office. Um. But I have to wear a mask um, around everybody until like next Sunday. 
So, but, and that's because I was vaccinated too. I mean, like, you know, cause like the, the health department, because I, you know, use the app for the test, the health department, you know, got in touch with me the next day and they were like, and I was surprised at first. And then I kind of like realized, oh yeah, of course they're going to call me. Um, but they were like, how are you feeling? And it's like, you know, headache, all that. Everything's okay though. And, and they were like, okay, we're going to send you a packet. What's your email address? And then they sent me a packet and it's got like all this information in it. And it's like comparing like what I have to do versus what I would have had to do if I didn't have any, any like vaccination. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty drastic, drastic difference. So do you want to borrow my glory hole tarp? No, because I read in that packet um, <laughs> that you are not to swap bodily fluids, <laughs> which, um, yeah, yeah. Well, you're not so swapping, I was like, you're just donating. It's, it's, fine. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, it's, it's not a trade. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a, totally a one-way so like, thing. Does that count? I mean... <laughs> Apparently it doesn't because Nikki's fine, um, and I've donated a lot. So <laughs> before you before you found out, right before before yeah before I confined confined myself to uh, honestly the best room in the house. Um, <laughs> but on so like on Wednesday I was or on on Thursday rather when I the when I took the test the antigen test came back with that thin thin line. Um, I got is it. It's N A A T. How do you is that Nat or is that N A A T? Like how do you, what's how do you say that? But I don't know. If, if it's whatever. like the Final Fantasy Eleven guy that knew all the jobs, said not. <laughs> not. Yeah, I had to fight. I had to fight an old guy <laughs> in order, and then he told me afterwards if I had COVID. <laughs> you fight him with COVID eight times, there. you get his hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went to Walgreens and like, see that old guy with the funny hat? You got to fight him. <laughs> if you can't beat him, you do have COVID. <laughs> this is the peak of science, medical science here. Um, so I took that test. <laughs> right. <laughs> I took that test and um, this was like literally – two hours before we were supposed to record uh, the next D and D session. And uh, I remember messaging you guys and be like, okay, I'm taking this test. If I'm negative, I'm totally down to play. But if I'm positive, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not. <laughs> and then, yeah, about an hour and a half later, I get an email from Walgreens, which I will say that like the subject line is your test results are back exclamation mark <laughs> yay <laughs> and i'm like oh okay that sounds positive they probably have two subject lines set up this is probably good <laughs> click nope exclamation <laughs> point and then a frowny face <laughs> right or the the green vomit face emoji <laughs> <laughs> your test results are back you're fucked <laughs> Yeah, and that when when that said positive, it was like, okay, I definitely definitely have COVID. So um, it's like playing a really long game of dodgeball, and then um, getting hit by a dodgeball at a Chris Rock show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got <laughs> I I got an air mattress in here, 
which I'm a, I'm now a proud owner of an air mattress that didn't have outdoor on the box. Oh, um, yeah, nice. Yeah, because I told Nikki I was like, I can't. I'm like, I have COVID. I need I need the nicest air mattress. <laughs> Wife, <laughs> I'm stricken with plague. The finest air mattress on money can buy. That's right, but a tw- but a full only. <laughs> The queen, the queen air mattress wouldn't fit in here. <laughs> so are you sleeping okay? Call- yeah, yeah, sleeping great. Um, sleeping great. Been sleeping a lot. Like um, each sleep is anywhere from twelve to fourteen hours. Um, time has no meaning anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, like at one point, I woke. Like we were supposed to record this today, and I woke up, and it was like. Cause I'm in my office, so like the windows drawn, the curtains drawn, and all that. And it's like I woke up, and I was like, "What time is it?" Because I was afraid that I'd slept through our recording. What time. year is it? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So. So yeah, I got to watch all of all of Kids in the Hall, <laughs> um, which is I got that going for me, which is nice. Um, if you can schedule your COVID around uh, a new season of a show that you like, I recommend it. Either the release of Animal Crossing and Tiger King or Kids in the Hall, whichever works. Yeah. And Rogue Legacy 2. And Rogue Legacy 2, yeah. which I've been playing a little bit of. We've all been on Rogue Legacy Jam. Yeah, yeah. What do you? Well, one, Dave, I'm extremely relieved you have a mild case. I was, I didn't want to have to bring you chicken broth at the hospital. Oh yeah, but that would have been kind of fun though. That would have been neat. <laughs> I to mean, like, yeah, because I could have been like, oh hey, I know you. <laughs> I know I know people at this hospital. They bring me the food. That's right. I, I can't have my own air mattress in here, but Tyler brings me broth. <laughs> Which is nice. <laughs> it is nice, yeah. <laughs> I I recommend if you have the means. <laughs> well, Ian, what are your impressions of the the OG Rogue Legacy? Well, I, you know, I I like it because um, you know, I didn't really know or really care f- about anything to do with like sort of uh the the uh, roguelike games, you know. Uh, before Hades, and of course I played Hades until my fingers bled. But um, I I had been I was kind of high on Hades when I remember coming to you and being like, I want to do more. Uh, this is a while back, you know, and you recommended Rogue Legacy. Well, I never got around to buying it, and then uh, thanks to the generosity of my friend Dave, despite having COVID, uh, he bought it for me. Uh, I almost gave you a hundred dollar copy. Right? Yeah, you were gonna loan <laughs> right. me your hard copy of it, your cartridge, and it, and you handed it to me, and it was still wrapped in the plastic from the store. I'm like, man, I don't know if I should open this. And so Dave starts scrolling, and he's like, ah, it's worth hundred bucks. I know. <laughs> I, sp- I spoiled that for you because I was like, oh, did limited run games do that? I was like, you should look up the price before you open that because. <laughs> so anyway, we got the digital. I got the digital version, I should say, and uh, I'm enjoying it. It took me a minute to understand it. Um, It's very simple, but I'm not, like, super familiar with those types of games. So 
it did take me a minute to kind of get in the groove. Uh, and I've leveled up enough to have like the Smith and the Enchantress. Uh, although there's this, there's these levels for those that don't know where you get these fairy chests. Um, and those are the runes that the Enchantress gives, you give to the Enchantress to give you, uh, special boost, boosts and skills and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put these fairy chests in these impossibly hard rooms. Um, I did figure out the benefit to, um, using the architect, uh, so you can lock down a level so it doesn't randomly generate a new level, um, when you go into the castle. Um, which is nice because, you know, it gave me the chance to go through and find more of the treasure chests and stuff. Um, so yeah, I've really enjoyed it. It's straightforward. It's very difficult and I'm awful at it, but I'm getting better as my character levels up, obviously, and I'm putting on good armor or raising my stats or whatever. Um, I'm getting better at it. So yeah, I do like it. And it's nice that you can just sort of run and do a few runs, just like Hades, you know, go in, do a few runs. Kill through your kids. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's funny. I love how witty the game is. Um, you know, they'll have the different characters that you get. Uh, you get to pick from three, and each will be a different class and have a different name, obviously. Uh, but the traits are the funniest to me. Like, sometimes you'll have IBS. Um, sometimes you'll be dyslexic, and they'll <laughs> they'll have the, all the words that pop up on the screen are misspelled. They're, like, you know, swapped around. Um, you know, it just the way they built all these funny little things in, uh, it was, it was really cool and I'm, I'm enjoying it greatly. Um, I may come payday or thereabouts, pull down that part two as well, just to see what it's all about. Cause I was talking to Gage about it and he said he got part two. He was really a big fan of the first one as well, apparently. Uh, and he's been playing too and he said he likes it. So yeah, it's cool. It's a cool like, little game. It's a, it's a, there's a lot more to it than I would have expected. I like how they handled stuff. Like, uh, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that you said IBS because, like, there are things that <laughs> I, I'm playing Rogue Legacy too right now. I'm not sure I'm going to stick with it. I, I, a lot of, a lot of it annoys me because I feel like I don't. But, but IBS is like a really good example because I feel like in Correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't played Rogue Legacy in a long time. And if you're listening to this and you're like, I want to know more about Rogue Legacy, you should check out episode 47 of Tadpog, (laughs) (laughs) in which Tyler and I talk about Rogue Legacy. Uh, It was an October 2013 episode Wow, uh, where we talk about Rogue Legacy, Bird Baths, uh, Lemon Party, uh, (laughs) Vanicula. We've been a Vanicula reference in a minute. I know, right? I know. It used to be a, a tadpog staple. Lemon Party still Poor comes Benicula. in every now, now and again. So. <laughs> I still but haven't like, listened to some of those like ancient episodes, but when I did not realize, I never bothered to look, but I didn't realize Rogue Legacy was so old. So I've been missing out for like a decade yeah. almost. Yeah, Rogue Legacy is, uh, let's see, that came out in what? Uh, you tell me, Wikipedia. 2013 so yeah it's almost it's almost 10 years old which is funny i mean which is weird to me actually not funny but just like that it's now just now the second 
the second titles out. It's a long time between titles. Yeah. And I think the one thing that I really like about Rogue Legacy 2 better than Rogue Legacy is I just think it looks a lot better. Like it it looks a lot better like it. And and I love that. I mean, I, I didn't have a problem with the way Rogue Legacy looked when I was playing it, but like comparing them now, like side by side, it's like, wow, they like really upped their their art direction. Well, um, can I ask I definitely appreciate a question that. about that? Um, yeah. What what? So I get the this is kind of like a Rogue Legacy to me feels like. One of the many, 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 you know, 16-bit-ish type games that were put out for, you know, various systems. Is it still that same style or did they like smooth it out and make it a little bit more modern as far as the, does it, does it still look like pixel art type stuff? No, no, it's not pixel art really so much anymore. They like did a good job of kind of like keeping the style like, like they smoothed it out. They kept the style. They kept like the same, like general, like shapes and stuff like that, but it's more illustrative now. Okay. Um, it looks a little more like, um, it, it looks a little more like darkest dungeon than, than like 16 bit art. It, it's very like, it, it plays with like dark and light and, and everything's kind of like blocky except for like the characters. And when I say blocky, I don't mean like pixel blocks. Like, I mean, it's like, um, like blocks of, of paint essentially or ink. Uh, I think it looks really good. And I think it sounds really good too. Like, I mean, I think the music is, the music is good, but it's like, you can definitely tell like, it, it's fun because like, like some of the songs it's like, oh, okay, well they're definitely playing on Diablo, mm. um, which is a, you know, a, a rogue like game. Uh, and then like, there's another place where it's like, oh, they're definitely playing on like the library from a uh, symphony of the night. So it's like, there are a lot of like musical nods to, um, to games from which they've taken inspiration, which I think is really cool. I can but, see, I actually brought up a video of it on my computer and I can see the huge difference in the art style. It's just a lot more detailed and stuff. So yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. I think it looks, I think it looks really good, but like when you said IBS and I'm really glad that you did, I just get annoyed with rogue legacy too, because um, man, it feels like it's constantly, it's constantly fucking me. It's constantly like I'm every time I'm going to play, it's like, well, we're, we're going to throw something else. that's really super annoying. And like, uh, like for instance, IBS, um, I feel like it, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I remember it correctly from rogue legacy one, if you had IBS, you just farted every now and then is, is that right? I think that's right. Mm-hmm. In Rogue Legacy 2, if you have IBS, it removes your class ability and replaces it with a fart double jump. And it's like, it's stuff like that sucks because it's like it, 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 when you, when I don't expect it, it sucks. Right. When I do expect it, it's fine. But every lesson in that game is super fucking annoying because it's like, um, one of the I do think the cl- new classes are really cool. Like Chef, Chef is a class that I think is really neat. They have like a frying pan that they can use as a tennis racket to like reflect projectiles. I think it's awesome. That's such a cool idea. Oh, that and is a fire. And then, like, yeah, yeah damage, uh, damage over time. Fire 
whenever they hit some. Yeah. Very they cool idea. I love that. First class ever be able to heal themselves because they, you know, make a stew right. that heals them. Right. Replenishes because they have their ability. Unless that is replaced by farting. Uh, which happens when you get IBS and it's like, oh, I can't heal. All I can do is f- I have a fart button. I'm booger man. Uh, and the one, one of the things that I love about this class is now just taken from me. Um, and I get it. It's like you just, it happens once and you learn from that, but it happens every time it, it does. It does something like that to me every time. And it's like, man, I've beaten one estuary this is probably a game I'm going to play every now and then, but I think I'm going to move on because I don't know, like I've had nothing to do the last four days. And it's like, I'll do one run of rogue legacy two. And it's like, eh, I don't really necessarily want to do another one of those right now. It wasn't like Hades. Hades was like, and I told Tyler this (laughs) Hades spoiled me and Hades spoiled me because, um, Hades, you could choose what you wanted to do each run. Like if you wanted to, if you wanted to change it up, you could choose your weapon. Um, and rogue legacy that's randomly generated, which I understand is the point of the game. (laughs) Like, so I'm not saying that that's like by fault of the game. Maybe that's just, I don't know. Maybe that's just not a thing that I'm into anymore. I don't know. Or into right now, but, um, having the ability to just do what I wanted to in Hades. And then on top of that, um, the, I don't know. Hades was just so had such charm to it outside of the game, uh, outside of the gameplay, which was amazing that I don't know. I feel like rogue legacy two doesn't have. Cause there are tiles. I thought about this earlier day, whenever I saw it, cause I, I know there's achievement for putting one. Cause of course you get your castle and you spend your gold to invest in different attributes of your castle that you carry over. Uh, so there, right. there's an achievement for putting one into everything. So that's what I was like. I want all my options unlocked. I want to see what all I can get, what all I can do before I drill down on attack, health, defense, whatever. Right, right. So there is a – you can eventually get where you can re-roll your heirs. And I just got this today to where you can lock down – certain classes and attributes that will always spawn in your heirs. Oh, that's cool. So unfortunately it's, you have to, you know, put a lot of time in just be able to pick what you want instead of having to make it fun. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of having like, all right, well I'm going to pick this. All right. Go to the castle, retire hero. All right. I don't like those. Go in, retire hero. Like I got to where I would do that a lot because there are, that's the thing. Like I would, Going through, I unlocked all the classes. So the ones I like to play, I don't get all that often because you only get three choices. So I'll get two gunslingers and an astromancer. And it's like, oh, fuck. I don't like any of that. Yeah, I got retired hero a lot. It hits me in the uh, the nave button. Like I'll get nave a lot. You know the weak one where you have low stats, but you can deal like big criticals. Mm-hmm. I get sometimes hit with like three of those, <laughs> and I'm just like, I ah, screw it. I'll do my best. Because I'll get um, 
I've never had the IBS trait, but I got the, uh, I hated getting vegan and not realizing it because I just go through smashing shit and I'll get a chicken leg or a piece of pizza and then take 150 points of damage. Oh, yeah. I, I hate so I, that. sucks. I had one today that I didn't know about that I had never gotten before. It was the one where chickens freak you out and I, I like hit the candle and I'm assuming that's why the chicken leg started attacking me. Oh shit, I've never seen that one either. It it like I you know, I hit a little candelabra or whatever and a chicken leg <laughs> fell out and it immediately starts walking around and like attacks me. <laughs> so I had to hit That's it awesome. again to be able to eat the chicken to regain the hit points that the chicken leg just took away. I I had a pacifist character the other day. Which yeah, you get a little, I had that too. Yeah, you just have a peace sign that does no damage. You can't do anything to inflict damage, but you get like two hundred and fifty percent more gold. But I noticed that all the enemies are a lot fucking harder too. So you uh-huh. just have to dodge and evade and try to get treasure chests. I didn't make it very far. The um, the uh, I can't remember the name of the trait, but there was one where it's like all of the monsters are lewd. And they're like pixel mosaic out. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that one? I did. That, I, I got to I like was, bosses on that one. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I was surprised by how difficult it was. I did really like, I mean, I couldn't deal with it because it was just like, this is so visually distracting that I can't, I can't, I can't like get used to it. Like I can kind of get used to like when you get the old timey, like vintage one every now and then like that, I can get used to Oh, the sepia tone but, like, one, the nostalgia one or whatever. Yeah. The nostalgia one. Yeah. And then there's also the colorblind one, which, you know, makes the whole game grayscale all of that stuff i think is really neat and i do really like that stuff it's when they just like straight up switch abilities out and it's like hey this thing isn't really even the class you want anymore (laughs) like or it's like you can like there will be like for the longest time i was just trying stuff out and just like there's like this little like wagon in the dungeon where you can like buy like a i guess like a totem of wisdom strength or, or or you know ability and it's like i didn't realize it for the longest time but whatever you buy there swaps out either your attack with something that you that you buy there or your yeah. special ability or your spell so it's like i didn't realize that's what was happening because like rogue legacy is very simple compared to rogue legacy too yeah. um and and but it's like Cause like, I didn't realize that until I bought a wooden spoon from that vendor and then my sword was gone and all of a sudden I'm just throwing wooden spoons. I've never seen that man. And it was pretty awesome. The wooden spoon kind of worked like, um, the, the torch or the fire and ghosts and goblins. Like it had that kind of arc to it. Uh, but if it hit something, it would bounce off of whatever it hit and hit something else. So it was, uh, it was it was pretty nice uh, actually because I did I recently saw where uh, the scar battles so now they're mechanic in in Rogue Legacy two to where Charon's siblings are there and they want you to explore you know the memories the negative emotions that are left inside this the city you're trying to save and purify these these voids so. You do those, those like the challenge runs to where you're a ranger and you have to hit all these targets in a certain matter of time or 
do these hard boss battles. And I saw that you could unlock advanced versions of the job through that. I, did, I hadn't seen that before. So you can turn uh, chefs into waiters. And I said maybe a waiter has a wooden spoon. Oh, yeah. Bards turn into rock stars. Uh, all, every class is a variant. Hmm. Yeah, I saw that too earlier today, and that honestly, like, that piqued my interest because, like, I think rangers turn into like ballistas or something like that. Oh, ballistic and it's archers, like, okay, yeah. ballistic archers. Yeah, so I was like, all right, I'm kind of interested to see where that goes. It's just, I don't know. It's, I think it's a game that I. I, I honestly think it's me. I don't think it's the game. I think it's me. And I think it's like that. I just don't want to. It just, it's taken me. I've already spent so much time in this game and I feel like I've gotten fucking nowhere. And it's like, I, I've only beat one estuary and it's like, there's eight of these. <laughs> like, I definitely think it's more grind heavy than rogue legacy one. Most definitely. Cause it took me the, between the set first estuary and the second were a long, it was a long time. And the first time I fought Estuary Lamech, I had the, uh, the one where he's blacked out. So I didn't even know what his, what his cool boss oh. fight looked like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His, his, he looks awesome. Well, see, I've played the, obviously the, I, I can't play the second one cause I don't have a system capable of playing it yet, but unless someone wants to buy me an Xbox series S or something, you know, but uh is it not on switch no not yet uh they oh, haven't no. they haven't clarified as to when or even if it's coming to switch but on the first one i'm like so bad at it. i haven't even beaten one boss yet like it's just i'm not very good at games like this um i still have fun with them but I get into a boss fight and like, you know, I would do the architect to try and practice the boss so I could lock down the level and go right back to the boss. And I just haven't had any luck beating any bosses yet, but it hasn't taken too much away from me. I think my problem is that there comes a point in a run where I know it's not going to end well. Mm -hmm. And it's, I guess maybe at that point I should just retire the hero instead. Cause it's like, I'll reach a point and it's like, well, this isn't going to work out or like one stupid thing happened and it, it like just set thing off, set things off on a bad course. I should probably just retire the hero instead of continuing to play for 20 minutes right. um, <laughs> yeah. to, to only die, you know? But I mean, the, the reason I keep playing is like, well, I guess I could get some more gold and dump that in the blah, 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 you know, but right. yeah, it's, it's, it feels grindy. It does. It feels grindy. And there have been, there have been several times where I've been playing it where it's like, I have COVID and I have like nothing to do and I still feel like I'm wasting my time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do. I'm, I mean, I'm really enjoying it. I do. It's, it's not hitting the same way that the original did, but I am enjoying it. And I, t I do understand your complaints today, but I think it, at all of our ages, we don't want to wait, waste our time with what, what free time yeah. we have left. And if and you're enjoying it, then you're not wasting it. Yeah. So like, so like I totally, I, I love that you love the game and that you're enjoying it. I, it's just, I don't know, man, when I play stuff now, constantly I'm evaluating it. I'm constantly evaluating it and being like, am I enjoying this? And I usually, I find if I'm asking myself that question, I'm not, you're not right. <laughs> if you have to ask, you know, 
Cause yeah, I mean, otherwise it's like, uh, if I forget to ask, guess what? <laughs> I'm, I'm having fun. So <laughs> you're doing good. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been tough because there are definitely parts of the game that I think are really cool. Like I think like all the, like the new classes and stuff, like I get excited every time I unlock a new class and then I'm immediately disappointed upon playing that class. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know that feel. I feel like I pretty much just do knight, Valkyrie, duelist, and occasionally chef. Everything else. Duelist. Duelist is fun. Duelist. Yeah. Duelist is the one I remember unlocking duelist and being like, okay, all right, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Duelist just does so much damage. Yeah, and they have like this. Their ability is this like defensive role, which is um, amazing because you don't get hurt while you're using this defensive role. The cooldown is really short. It's kind of because like, the assassin kind of has this like they can slip into the shadows, right? Mm-hmm. It, which kind of works similar, but the cooldown on that is dependent on how many enemies you hit. <laughs> so it's like, you can't really play that defensively no. because in order to reactivate it, you have to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but with duelist, it's just like, whatever, man, this, this motherfucker is going to come off cooldown in like two seconds. Don't it's worry just like about it. Playing dark souls. You're just doing the roll, roll, roll. <laughs> yeah. Roll. Yeah. But a lot, but a lot faster. <laughs> <laughs> And you can do cool combo stuff with the duelist too, which I think is really neat. Where it's like, do you talk to like the the training dummy? Yeah, yeah. Cause like the training dummy, whenever I unlock a new class, if you go talk to the training dummy at the docks, it'll like give you all these like tips on how to play the class. And it's really helpful. Um, and like like there's some stuff for the duelist I wouldn't have figured out on my own, where it's like the you can get a really good combo by like hitting them with a jump attack and then hitting them again when you hit the ground rolling behind them turning around and stabbing them again and like that's a combo that does like a, a crap ton of damage um i i don't know i think i think that's cool no, and then boxer i think boxer's a lot of fun too um i like boxer because like all of the classes in the game like when they attack something midair, they continue on their downward arc. But boxer, if you're like, if you jump up to hit something and hit it, you just stay in the air for like, for like a second. So it's like, you can use that to, um, to your advantage to like, just chill in the air for a minute and then do, do like an air dodge. I like, I like boxer a lot. Punch, 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 uppercut and uppercut. Of course, knocks them back. I haven't seen a whole lot of stuff right. in the class that can like move an enemy. Yeah, I think I think that's cool. And there's also maybe what I should try is I haven't messed with the house rules yet, but I know there's like a house rules section in the options. I don't know what you can change there, but it's essentially like I think it changes the um, approachability of the game. Uh, so I might be able to just set it where it's like, no, nah, I just want to play as boxer. <laughs> you know, oh, like, that would, yeah, that'd and be cool. There's even an achievement for it. That's how I kind of knew oh, it existed because I saw okay. an achievement for it. That's exciting. I didn't know it was a thing, so I was learning something new. Okay, cool. Let's see. Uh, I want to look it up right now <laughs> because that's good podcasting. I, I like how uh, you can find hidden diaries from the estuaries that give you, if you can find it, it gives you a damage bonus to them. 
which I don't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd already killed Lamech by the time I found his. I made sure. <laughs> Same. I, I made sure to get it for because uh, I didn't get it for the the twin skeletons, but I did get it for the the third estuary, and then I got it for the fourth estuary, which that one was. That that whole battle with everything that that took me forever. Estuary Enoch, he's the guy who like leaves all the books that you pick up and show you how to do like the curios and the the artifacts and the relics and all that shit. That was a very cool fight that had a twist to it that I did not see coming, and in the moment pissed me off because I fucking died. But oh god. <laughs> It looks like the house rules essentially are difficulty options. Like you can change enemy health on a percentage scale, enemy damage on a percentage scale, uh, stuff like that. You can disable traits, which maybe I need to play. Okay. Or maybe I need to disable traits because yeah. a lot of the traits I hate. <laughs> um, I like that all the areas are rated and you can kind of find them in you know any different order because you find the the last that Pishon Dry Lake, like the first time I found found it was like three screens after I started the game. <laughs> yeah, so I went down there and That's immediately the, the, died. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, man, because like there's like a sign outside that's like "Don't enter without the sun lantern," <laughs> and it's like, what's that? <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll just I'll just try get if I die. Yeah, it just <laughs> it sucks. I'm assuming after I beat this estuary in the the sun tower i'll get it because i've explored that whole place i haven't found anything but which he's sort of like sauron so once you go to the very tip top of the sun tower you find these giant eyeballs but that's oh, the graphic the graphics definitely like okay this is where you're showing off because like they do some cool shit in the sun tower hmm. okay that's cool yeah i don't know i don't know what i'm gonna do with it i think i'll probably just play it off and on and then maybe i don't know maybe it'll get its hooks in me at some point but i've probably put like i don't know i could check but i i've i know i've put over 12 hours into it um, I, just, I forgot to turn mine off and me. left it running and grim was like 40 hours man you're a beast and i was like oh no 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 <laughs> you're a rogue legacy two beast <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you guys want to talk about the other topic we'd we'd originally said we'd we'd talk about on this show, on this episode? Sure. Yeah. Do we want to take a little break first, or do we want to roll right into it? How you guys feeling? Um, I'm good for now. We could take a. We've been going for about an hour. I could take a short break. All right, let's take a break and meet back up. And then we'll talk about our individually our top five video game characters. Hell yeah. And we're back in pod form. <laughs> so, Dave, you had a good idea to talk about our top five favorite characters in in i guess all the video games and all the video games yes i'm glad you i'm glad you think it's a good idea i 
started putting my list together and I was like, oh man, maybe this wasn't a good idea. Because uh, this is really difficult. It's, oh, it's a good idea. It's a difficult idea, but it's a good idea. <laughs> well, don't feel bad. I, I totally misunderstood the assignment and I don't have a list. So, <laughs> so what's your plan? I'm going to roll with it, baby. We're just going right. to right. wing it. All right. May the force be with you. I think it'll work out. <laughs> um, I, man, this was like one of those where I was putting the list together and I was like, man, I wish I would have had this idea a week ago and have like a full <laughs> week to like put together a preliminary list. And then like, cause here's what's going to happen. Like this is going to publish, this episode is going to publish. And then on discord, people are going to say like, Oh, well, this is my favorite. These are my favorite characters. And I'm going to read their lists. And I'm going to be like, Oh yeah, completely forgot about oh, that fuck. character. <laughs> completely forgot, completely forgot that game existed. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. So I guess I'm approaching this from not necessarily characters. Like I love to play. Like I loved on my initial playthrough of Final Fantasy VI. I loved Mog. Loved everything about Mog. Uh-huh. But Mog uh-huh. is nowhere near this top five list just because his story, there's nothing to it. You know, he's just the weird Moogle. So it's uh-huh. just characters whose stories that I enjoyed the most. I figured that's pretty much the realm that you're going to live in. Um and so I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure I know where Tyler's answers are going to lie. And I figured they're all going to be like story based. Ian, you were the wild card. <laughs> because I have like no idea where, where Ian's are going to be. Uh, mine are kind of like, because Mog was on my list initially too. And then I removed him um, for a different reason uh, than you did. But um, some of mine are stylistic and some of mine are just, I don't know, like some of mine are just like, I have different reasons for every one of them. I don't have a standard. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> these are, these are my favorites. Okay. You want to start with your number five or do we want to go five, four, three, two, and then before one, go through some honorable mentions, do it my Mojo style. Is that how Mojo does it? Yeah. Oh, well, Hey man, they kind of like wrote the book, right? Maybe we should do what they do. Okay. You say your um, number five. My I'll problem. say my number five. <laughs> well, here here's my problem. I have four set in stone, and then I have like seventeen honorable mentions from which I need to choose a fifth. Okay. <laughs> uh. Well, Ian can tell us if we're right, right. or wrong on every one of them, so he we can go through your honorable mentions too. Try to fill in that last one. All right, I got it. I got it. I'm good to go. Okay, I'll, I'll go so first. Ha- so, please, you yeah, go first. I'll go first with my number five, which for the longest time, I had my number five set in stone, but then I bumped it down to my first honorable mention. But number five, I've got Kane Highwind from Final Fantasy IV. I was curious if Kane was going to make your list. Oh, I'm yeah. really glad that he did. I've always loved Kane's design, Kane's story. Uh, his I, fried chicken. His fried chicken. <laughs> I feel like I'm the only how he killed his brother in the Bible. Uh, his his legacy video games where he's a vampire. So, but I and I think I'm the only one who liked the after years because I loved spoilers. 
that, you know, Cain follows Cecil and goes to Mount Ordeals and becomes a Holy Dragoon. I, I remember writing fan fiction about that as a kid. So that made me so fucking happy to see that in the after years. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Kane, and of course, ever since Kane, I've always loved dragoons. Period. In in anything, but granted, I I thought they sucked pretty badly in tactics. Uh, they were they were a blast in Final Fantasy XI, but of course, no one ever wanted one because they were only good if you were fighting like a dragon. Yeah, you fucking wanted as many dragoons as you could get. Other than that, no one wanted a dragoon. But everything about his sort of, I've always, I mean, I like gray characters anyway. And Kane sort of always straddles that line between being, you know, he was he was good and joins your party. He was manipulated by Golbez, but I feel like he was able to be manipulated because of the jealousy he had with Cecil because he was also in love with Rosa. So there's always been that yeah. that dark element to him trying to do better. So yeah, Kane Highway number five. Good choice. I like it. Uh, and I'm glad that he's on the list. That's if, if I, what I should have done is I should have put together the five that I think will be on Tyler's list. Because Kane, <laughs> Kane, Kane definitely would have been on yep. there. So I'm really, I'm really, I'm proud of, of both of us right now. <laughs> uh, my, my five is uh, actually a combo uh, but I think it makes good. Sense. I have two combos. It makes you feel better. Okay. Okay. Cool. Good. Good. I was about to say, if if you feel like it's bending the rules too much, nope. let me know, and I'll choose between them. Uh, but my fifth one, my number five is uh, Minskin Boo uh, from Baldur's Gate. And, I've heard a lot uh, about them, but I'm not familiar. Oh, Minsk is like a chaotic, uh, chaotic good ranger in Baldur's Gate, and like. Baldur's Gate was one of those games that I played in high school that like it was a it was a time where it was like I was transitioning from second edition D&D, which I played very little of in middle school. And it was before you and I started really playing third edition in college. So it was kind of this like in between land um, and like a lot of those like um, Bioware uh, D&D games like filled that filled that gap right they, they were like the bridge um and i remember playing Baldur's gate in high school and like the voice acting uh really gave like so much life to these characters and it's like i can't even imagine what the game would have been like without like the voice acting and and minsk like you'd, you'd select the character and they would always have like these little lines and stuff uh, and, and Minsk had a, um, miniaturized giant space hamster, uh, named Boo. <laughs> uh, and he was clearly insane, uh, which a lot of these, a lot of the characters in Baldur's Gate were, uh, and I, mean, I love you can't it because have, it's like, you can't have a good game without an insane space hamster. Am I right? Right. Right. Yeah, totally. Well, it's all, and it goes back to like a trend I'm seeing right now in tabletop uh, role playing games is like, especially with like the old school Renaissance kind of style of games, like the, the introductory paragraphs to these books are always like, you are not heroes. You are the dregs of the of the like people look down on you because you are 
you live the way that you live. You don't live like a normal person lives. You don't have a job. You are an adventurer. Uh, and I think that's a, like a really interesting tonal shift in tabletop because like I remember being in middle school and it and even like in college and it was like we are heroes yeah. and people love us <laughs> and it's like I feel like that went on for just so long that now it's just the pendulum is like you know we've had enough of that and it's like swinging back the other way mm -hmm. and it's like no you guys everyone thinks you're crazy because you are um and like and I, I kind of feel sense. like it does yeah and maybe it's because like movies you know, cause like uh, our fiction, like that, like influences a lot of things. And I think like, you know, our movies got darker and grittier. And then I think tabletop role-playing games kind of like followed suit, mm. you know? So we got more of that. Um, so it makes sense, but I don't, anyway, Minsk, Minsk and boo, uh, they're my number five, uh, Baldur's gate, uh, big fan. Although I will say, very very difficult to go back to um and that's like coming from someone who loved the the game like i bought the i guess the remastered edition on steam or whatever and boy um you you guys heard me groan about rogue legacy 2 for probably like 20 <laughs> minutes but like there's so much like those games were essentially just try to strategize unpause the game shit goes horribly restart and just do that over and over and over again until everything, all the dice roll the way you need them to roll. So <laughs> very difficult to go back to. If I see that, the so that's Minsk, it for me. If I see the Minsk and Boo pop final for you, I'll pick it up. <laughs> oh, that does exist, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> and it's on TikTok that go for the eyes, Boo. It's still all over TikTok. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. That really brings back memories. So, yeah, number five, Minsk and Boo. So are we doing – we're waiting to do honorable mentions after we go through our five. Is that right? We don't have to. Well, I, I will wait. I will wait and do – I'll do my five and then we'll okay. go back to Tyler. Um, and again, for me, you know, I have always been – aside from, you know, playing games like Overwatch and – uh, you know, Counter-Strike and stuff like that online with friends. You know, Overwatch has a lot of great characters, but none of those are in my list. Um, really, because when I play a game, I'm, I'm kind of a filthy casual. I don't always invest a lot of time into a game. I get bored easily and move on to the next thing. But there's a few that have stuck out in my mind, but never... A, it's rarely a playable character for me that gets my attention you know like whatever i'm doing or i'm playing isn't what i want to i'm thinking it's me right you know i'm playing as me and i don't really see a lot of personality of the character i'm playing so like i wouldn't say something like mario or kirby or something like that but the secondary characters to me especially in sort of a story driven game or where i'm where it's at for me as well and so my number five uh is um, price from Call of Duty, the Call of Duty series. Um, I just really liked how he established himself as this constant familiar presence, uh, in, in the series. And, you know, they, they always did a lot of, he had like witty dialogue and it was always well performed and well acted. And he always had a really, um, stern sort of presence 
but also supportive. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. They just really leaned into his character a lot. He actually makes appearances in some of the later games as a twist, or you'll have a memory and he's there. Um, and, you know, it was just, it's neat that he, like, he's sort of the first guy that you meet when you start playing the Call of Duty games, because he runs you through the training exercise to get you familiar with the controls and things like that. Um, and without going all, you know, into it, whatever, his backstory is really good. And, you know, so for him, he, he makes the, the number five in my list of five characters. Because the way you described him is like also the way I would describe Casey to somebody. So okay. <laughs> I will relate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's like stern, but they, they do such a good job of like making you know that in the campaign part of the game, you know, anyway, uh, that you that he's got your back, you know, that he's going to be there. And it's really nice as the AI evolves throughout the course of the series. Um, they start to obviously get in the earlier ones. The AI isn't great uh, as far as like helping you. Uh, but it gets better and you're always, you know, sure that price is going to be there. He's that sort of rock that ho- held that whole series together for me. So, yeah, I really like him. Cool, cool, cool. I've, n- I've never played a Call of Duty game, but I know the girls like Call of Duty and Modern Warfare because they like to play those online. That will be the driving factor for me to finally decide to buy an Xbox is so I can start playing Call of Duty again because I really, really, really like those games. And I love the multiplayer, even though I'm not great at it. It's one of those games that I start playing, and after a couple of days of playing regularly, I'm like doing really well and getting, you know, m- multi kills and stuff like that. And yeah, it was really. It's a good series for me. It's just always been, to me, it's one of those I can just pick up and play for an hour and be good and then come back to it whenever I feel like it, you know? Yeah, I get that. I played a little bit of Modern Warfare and I, well, I, playing online is always like, I don't know, I'll play for like 15 minutes and it's be like, man, I am never going to get any better than I am right now. Yeah. (laughs) Like. They'll do like some of the sometimes the ones that are like these death matches that are in these tiny little maps are the best because you're going to die, but you're going to kill a whole lot of enemies, you know, a whole lot of rivals as well. So it's very satisfying. It doesn't feel like you're just getting owned left and right. And you start to pick up on the patterns and stuff and then it becomes a little bit easier. But I totally get it. I'm I'm the worst. I mean, I'm not the worst, worst, but I don't claim to be any good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Totally. Tyler, you got a number four. What's your, what's your number four? My number four. So it is again, it's, it's like yours. It's sort of a combo. Although I'd say I include them both because they're yin and yang. So they kind of, their stories are told together and they're sort of ever evolving opposites. So I put them together and that would be, uh, my number four is Ramza Baluv and Delita Hyrule. Ah. Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. Very good. So, I mean, I love the story and tactics, especially Tactics War of the Lions, where it gets, you know, a Mm -hmm. little deeper and has the the animated cutscenes and the extra battles and the extra characters. So, you know, mm-hmm. Ramza is 
the is high nobility, the son of one of the greatest heroes alive, and Delita is uh, this like uh, him and his. It's not even his real sister, but they were two urchins that uh, the Blue family adopted and sort of raised them as their own. Even though the rest of nobility looked down on Delita and his and his sister, so you know early on in tactics, uh, spoilers for this very old game, that you know because of no nobility scheming, uh, Delita's sister dies, and that changes Delita and makes his path fork off from Ramza's, and Ramza and he go on you know, the opposite journey of each other. So Ramza is the nobility who is branded a heretic, becomes a nobody, saves the world, but is not in any history book. Delida is a nobody who schemes his way against nobility to becoming king. And, you know, he rules the land better than anyone else because he doesn't buy into the nobility bullshit, but it isn't all the... basically gets to write history as the way he wants it to go. So, because you play, of course, as Ramza, Mm -hmm. and you just see Delita, you know, sort of in the background and how he's affecting things. But you see a lot more of that in World of Lions, where you get to control Delita and do some other things and see his classes change. Uh, But, God, I just loved, I loved Delita and how it was just like, Ramza, I get what you're doing this thing. Because originally I just had Delita on this list, but you can't you can't really include Delita without Ramza's story because there's there's nothing to highlight it. So definitely the the combo of the two of them, fourth fourth best character for me. I love that. I and I love that in tactics you play as um the footnote in history yep. you know like i I, lo- I love that i think that's that's so like counter to final fantasy uh even today you know i was gonna say at the time which it definitely was at the time but even today it's like so because final fantasy games you're playing as like one of the people who beats god you know like <laughs> yeah uh so it's odd to play like in tactics where it's just like, you're just somebody who history just completely forgot about. And the game tells you that pretty much right up front too, yep. which I think is cool. Cause I, I was even reading, I wanted to make sure I had everything right with the lead of story. Cause it's been so long. And then it's canon that Olin, who is uh, an NPC that you meet in the game publishes Rams's story. And for it, all the copies are burned. He's labeled a heretic and is executed. So I guess the you know, delete is like, ah, nope, nope, we don't need any of that shit. And then eventually, like a copy survives that um, Olin's like grandson discovers, and you know, so there, so there is like a remnant of what happens. But yeah, no one, no one knows that you know Ramza Ramza saved Ivalis more than Delita ever did. What about you guys? Dave? Um, yeah, my my number four is, uh, and this is where, like, earlier when you were talking about, like, how Mog was on your list and then it was removed. Uh, this is where I, I kind of doubled down on that. Uh, my fourth is Go-Go from Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> uh, and it is, Go- and Go-Go has, like, no story. 
<laughs> like, I mean, Gogo has more story, I guess, in Final Fantasy V than Final Fantasy VI. And even like that is like barely there. I mean, it's just like, but what I love, one, what I love about Gogo is first of all, that he's Adlai Stevenson. And of course. Like, that is, that is an internet meme from like the early 2000s that you could fucking carve that on my tombstone uh, because <laughs> it is one of my favorite favorites you could put that and then yata underneath that and we like we'd be good to go um but like gogo he remained or he or she they remained on my list because i remember like finding gogo in final fantasy 6 for the first time and like how that made me feel oh, and yeah. like the like like you're fighting ian i don't know if you're i don't know if you know about how you get gogo in final fantasy 6 but like you you fly an airship to a strange island on the world map. You land. You fight a sandworm. It uses a, an attack uh, where it, it like sucks you in and mm -hmm. golf. And um, normally, when stuff like that happens, uh, you you don't want that to happen. Right, <laughs> like you right. want to avoid that. But if he engulfs you and you let it happen, um, it takes you to a dungeon. Um, and you complete this dungeon and then at the end of the dungeon is Gogo, a character who you can recruit, uh, into your party. And like that whole, like that whole routine, all of that, like was just so mind blowing to me at the time. Like, I mean, obtuse. it was just... <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I mean, like, so easily missed the kind of shit that would really bother me as an adult. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, where it's like, oh, I had to, well, how would I know to do all this stuff? But the the reason you know to do it is because someone told you, dummy. Right. Uh, so. <laughs> like, uh, somebody like, had to, like, because that weird, that triangle island sticks out. So somebody had to be like, Man, I wonder what happens if he engulfs your whole party. Do you just die? I'll do that. What the fuck? Right. No, I mean, it's wild. It really is. Like, that, In I mean, there's a, I guess I could be the conspiracy theorist and be like, well, that's how they sell strategy guides in the 90s. <laughs> um, which, I mean, might, true, might be the truth. But, um I don't know. I, I, it's stuff like that that like would always lend credence to being able to unlock General Leo. Like you know, it's like mm -hmm. because that was just so like off the beaten path that it felt so. Um, I don't know, man. It just felt so exciting, uh, and I'll I'll never forget. I'll never forget how that made me feel. And uh, for for that reason, Gogo is one of my favorite characters. And he's such a unique character, too, in that game. You don't get anyone else. The other secret character is nothing compared to Gogo. -Go. Yeah, except for in the randomizer, I guess. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, again, I don't... Final Fantasy VI was, like, full of, you know, missables like that. Um, you know, especially in, like, the world of, of Ruin. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Gogo... -Go. Big fan, Adley Stevenson. <laughs> Love it. The best. I remember living in the dollar house and hearing that and having to find out who does Adley Stevenson <laughs> looking up all this stuff about him and then reading that theory where it shows like all these weird lines that Adley Stevenson had said in speeches that do seem very weirdly related to Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. I, you know, I think I, when I, I think that a lot of those were made up. <laughs> <laughs> no. You mean he didn't say the one about little workers rolling around knocking everyone off bridges? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Ian, how about you? Well, uh, I have gone to... For my number four, I have gone to Mugman from Cuphead. All right. All right. Okay. I, I love nice. Mugman. He's... Uh, I haven't seen the show yet. I, I kind of forgot that it was a show. A uh, little backstory there. We switched to a different net. I've been sharing my Netflix account with my son, and we switched to our own account because Tanya got tired of seeing all this shit I was watching, like suggesting stuff for her. Because uh, yeah, yeah, we were sharing a profile on his account, so we switched off to our own. And Anyway... Uh, I had forgotten about Cuphead because it was no longer in my list. And, uh, you know, I was never, I, I'm not, nobody, I can't say anybody's really good at Cuphead that I know because it's a very, <laughs> obviously, very hard game, uh, which is fine. I do enjoy it. I love the aesthetic. You know, we've talked about how wonderful the game is and everything uh, ad nauseum. But, you know, Cuphead's just kind of a jerk right he's just this impetuous doesn't think things through he just rushes into it Mugman, being a the younger brother and b being the voice of reason uh for cuphead all the time plus the fact that like dude although he strenuously objects to making the deal with the devil uh it begs him not to do it right he goes ahead and helps him. He's like, well, fine, I'll help you, you know, and then they get stuck having to work for the devil. So, you know, I just, I love that. I love those old cartoons anyway. And I think that, um, the fact that Cuphead and, you know, Mugman is the voice of reason and Cuphead's got the devil on his shoulder. And, you know, I just love all that little play, but he, he's my favorite. Uh, my number four character because of his personality and the fact that they thought to take the time to make that his thing, you know, that there's a story, it's a really good story there and it's very simple, but it's still very enjoyable. Uh, the fact that, you know, Mugman's there saying, don't do it, man. And then he's like, oh, fuck it. I'll go with you. Fine. Let's just go. You know, <laughs> Is is he the is he the Millhouse to Cuphead's Bart Simpson? I it's yes, absolutely. That is the perfect way of saying that. Yes, he is the Millhouse to Cuphead's Bart Simpson. I I wonder if Miss Chalice is going to be Lisa. I was to say now we need to recast Cuphead with Simpsons characters. Okay, that's that's next month. Uh, The delicious last course, June thirtieth, twenty twenty two. Okay. I'm excited for that. I loved Cuphead. I'm so glad that you I'm so glad that you reminded me of Cuphead. <laughs> right. Cuphead, man, I love that game so much. I I still love it and I'll I'll it's one of those that frustrates me super easily and I put it down and never really gotten that far on it, but 
I do like to pick it up and play it from time to time to, you know, exercise the old reflexes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of the Cuphead's one of those games that it's like it's difficult, but I love games that are difficult but fair. And I really yeah, feel like Cuphead is like it's a totally super fair game. Oh yeah, it is. And it's doable. You know, it it's mm-hmm. it's difficult but doable. And that's all that really matters. I, I only have myself to blame for not being, you know, better at it just because it's not the game's fault. It that they they really put not only a lot of thought into the story and the art and the production and all that stuff, but they really wanted to make the gameplay good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I still need to play this Cuphead board game that we got Kinder for Christmas just sitting on my shelf. Yeah, I wonder what that's all about. Yeah, because uh, I bought it for her when it came in. It said it had like four hundred pieces or something. So I just haven't. I haven't wanted to open it. Four hundred pieces. Yeah. So I it's as hard it to manage as like the a- actual video game, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Animal it's not Crossing just a cardboard. <laughs> right. It's not just a cardboard stand up of the devil and you just roll two dice. <laughs> They're all just have they're all snake eyes, so you lose every single time. <laughs> right. Her Animal Crossing Monopoly was just about as bad because that was like hundreds of pieces. Yuck! Wow! <laughs> yuck! Yuck! I'm sorry. Yuck! It's like oh, things we cannot play with Jack in the house. They stay right here. <laughs> right. You ready for number three? Yeah. My number three is a another combo because uh, I think you know their stories intertwine so well together. I can't mention one without the other, and that is Edgar and Sabin Figaro or Figaro from Final Fantasy VI. Nice. I yeah, because Dave, you talk about the feeling of getting Go Go was sort of like the feeling of I remember that feeling so acutely getting Sabin because I remember being stuck on that first Sabin fight where you're having to face um, his other protege. Vargas? Vargas, yes. Stuck on Vargas for so fucking long. Remember renting it, getting to Vargas, could not could not beat it, and I did it multiple times until I finally I bought a copy. And that's whenever I was finally able to take my time and grind through and figure out what I was supposed to do and, and finally got it and finally having Saban after being teased with him for so long. Granted, I, his story, I don't feel like is quite as compelling as Edgar, but just, you know, the two brothers who are princes, their dad dies and they don't know who's going to be the successor. Uh, so then eventually you fig- you find out that Edgar, I mean, it may have been, I, I don't necessarily think Edgar's a bad guy. I don't think he did it because he wanted to rule. I think he did it because he knew it would make Saban miserable to be king. So he um, used they decided to flip a coin to see who would be king. And Edgar used a, a trick coin in order to become king. And Saban got to leave and live his life however he wanted. So he became a, a, a monk in the mountains. Uh, I just love their their whole story, everything about, you know, of course, everything with Edgar, with Realm, and then 
how he has to, you know, submerge the castle to save to save his kingdom. Saban holding up, literally holding up houses to uh, save <laughs> that's on fire to save people. Like everything about the Figaro yep. brothers, fucking fucking love them. Man, Saban was on my list because, um, like, Saban is I love Saban and like Final Fantasy VI in general. It's like I get it. Like I, I, I know I've said this a whole bunch of times, but this Final Fantasy VI is my favorite Final Fantasy game outside of Chrono Trigger. Haha. Uh, and it, but but like it's it's because like not only is the storytelling really good, I feel like, and like the how the stories from each character is kind of like entwine with one another that I feel like makes this, the narrative really strong. Mm-hmm. It's also that like. Dude, what they did to because Saban's a monk and like doing Street Fighter inputs as monk abilities <laughs> is such a good idea, yep, and it's yep. like it all of a sudden made that class like or that job like oh wow this is fun like I've always liked monks but like you know I like Yang and Final Fantasy four but like it's a completely different experience playing as Saban because oh, it's yeah. like oh uh, do a throw a Hadoken. <laughs> just yeah. do the Hadoken motion and you'll do an aura beam. And it's like, oh, okay, this is awesome. They're like pretty the much carried through the game. Is, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. And like bum rush and uh, fire dance and all that. I mean, oh man, it's so, it's, it's so nice. Yeah. Whenever you playing as him and level up and see, see the very rare devise the new blitz. Oh Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love I love what that game did for Jobs. Um, you know, it it really like it stretched. You know, mm-hmm. like it really stretched the definition of Jobs. Um, and I would totally read like if there was like a Saban graphic novel, uh, I would totally read that. Oh, like, fuck in a heartbeat. yeah! Oh, a Saban a Saban light novel of his time between leaving and being recruited. Yep. Yeah, yeah, or Saban, yeah, like a Saban manga. I need the art real bad, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd read that. Oh, it's a suplex. Of course, we can't not talk about suplexing the, 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 the Phantom Train. Yeah, I remember. I remember not. I didn't even hear about it. I remember just trying it as a kid and wondered, will this work? And was blown away <laughs> to see him jump over, pick it up, leap up into the sky, and then slam and suplex a train. This. Uh, enormous right <laughs> god that was such a cool battle i loved being able to finally use that music in the um in the tabletop game because i used uh of course i used whenever everyone walked into the Irving cob i used boosters theme from mario rpg but then used the yeah. actual phantom train music for everything involving Irving cob that's such great music <laughs> what about you dave uh, me, I would just use Phoenix down on a Phantom Train. Oh, um, <laughs> fair, it's true. Uh, my third, uh, my third is and Ian. I know you mentioned this earlier, um, and, and I agree with what you said, but it's but he, uh, it is they <laughs> are still my third because <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, it's Kirby. Uh, All right, I. I love Kirby and it's like, I haven't played all the Kirby games. I haven't played the new Kirby game, but like playing the original, uh, Kirby game on game boy as a kid, like on a, I don't even know how I got it. 
Like it was one of those where it's like, I'd probably, someone in my class probably gave it to me or we traded or something. Um, not even knowing who Kirby was or anything like that. Like I remember playing that as a, as a child and, uh, really falling in love with that game. And then, um, you know, it, it was one of those games where it was like, uh, I would, they were like, I guess it was like one of the first instances where I would see like nods to other video games yeah. inside a game and like obscure ones where it's like, is that Lolo and Lala from the adventures of Lolo, the game that I would rent when I was <laughs> even younger than I am now. Uh, and then years later, like affirming, yeah, it sure was. Uh, Hal worked on that game as well. And they just took those characters and put them in this Kirby <laughs> game. Um, and it's like, I don't know. It's stuff like that, that just kind of like, um, that sticks with me. And then it's like, not only that, but obviously, uh, I know we've talked about this on the show before, but like in college, uh, playing smash brothers, uh, Kirby was always my go-to and, uh, selecting Kirby rapidly, uh, yeah. to make the announcer go Kirby <laughs> is, um, uh, second only to orgasming and sneezing. Um, it's, it feels great. <laughs> I remember the uh, what little I've played the Super Smash Brothers on Switch. Um, it was Kirby for me all the way too. Kirby's great, and I love I love Kirby's design. I love I love characters that are uh, I love cute characters. Yeah. Um, and Kirby is the cutest, and it's like I love cute characters that are um surprise badasses you know like that's i love that you know it's like i love mog and mog is that way mog's a really cute character but like i mean let's face it he's not the most powerful character in the game but i mean still he's pretty powerful uh considering um i I like characters like that a lot characters with uh i guess hidden potential you know that kind of stuff hidden hidden depths Ian, what about you? For Ian, what do you? Yeah, what's what's your third? My number three is a combo as well that I feel can't go, and it doesn't require a whole lot of explanation. But I feel like the two can't be uh, one. You can't have one without the other, and that is um, Scorpion and Sub Zero from the Mortal Kombat series. Um, Hell yes! I, I mean, yeah, that. Scorpion I was on my that. list, man. <laughs> I mean, look, he was, he was. It, 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 Obviously, Mortal Kombat was huge for me, uh, especially Mortal Kombat 2. I, I really got into the series the most in Mortal Kombat 2. And I mentioned that me and a buddy would go up to the arcade up the street from where we lived in Lexington and uh, play Mortal Kombat, you know, just shove quarters in. And, uh, but, it, you know, and as, as, you know, there was a fairly limited roster of characters in the first Mortal Kombat game. Uh, and so Scorpion was always kind of my go-to. He's got that great get over here move, the distance attack. It's, uh-huh. he can, uh, he's so versatile and so relatively easy to control. You know what I mean? Like his, his control mm-hmm. set always just sort of resonated with me the most. And I know that doesn't make me unique in, by any stretch of the imagination, because I know he's a wildly popular character. Um, but then, you know, when you got into Mortal Kombat 2 and you had the, this way, like, double the size of the amount of characters you can play, I tried them all and I always came back to Scorpion because it's just, for whatever reason, his 
move set and his I was just always in sync with him. But I also like the sort of the backstory of uh-huh. him and Sub Zero being rivals and you know he murdered him and Sub Zero murdered Scorpion and it's just the whole thing just goes on and on. But at the end of the day, their their dynamic to me was really uh, important, especially in sort of when Mortal Kombat started to become a little bit more story driven and they kind of mm-hmm. and plus in the movies and stuff. You know, I never saw the most recent one, um, and I'm hearing that's probably a good thing, but. Um, I I always likened it to, and I I have to think that this is where it kind of came from. And I've mentioned this on the show before, uh, the relationship between the characters from the GI Joe series, snake eyes and, um, storm shadow, uh, snake eyes being the GI Joe ninja guy and storm shadow being the Cobra ninja guy. Uh, and it turns out, especially like in the comics and stuff, they had a really deep relationship and there was this big thing in their past that connected them. And, um, I think, you know, cause I was way into that when I was a kid. And then when mortal Kombat came out, these ninjas that were very similar and it turns out they're, you know, related to one another in one way or, you know, they have a, they have history, uh, and they're kind of, they got beef, you know, and I kind of like that a lot. So that's, that's my number three. I but, love it. I love it. And like them, like having that backstory, like I remember as a kid, like I'll, I'll never forget like the first time I saw Scorpion pull off his mask, reveal a skull and, ble- <laughs> and breathe fire. Yes. Uh, like that was like, what the fuck just happened? Like that was, um, and then, you know, and then like, you learn like there's lore where it's like, Oh, well he's from hell. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> why is he, why was he from hell? Oh, because sub zero killed him. Wait, what? <laughs> like why did sub zero killed him? Oh, cause he killed sub zero. Well, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause isn't that how it worked? Like sub zero in mortal Kombat is like the original sub zero's brother or something. Yeah. Like it's something like remember. that. It's been a while. I'd have to revisit that to be sure, you know, to get it right. But, yeah but like that that shit just like oh my god like i was so like into that lore because it was just so mysterious at the time and ridiculous of course right hindsight but man that was so much fun and like um scorpion like i i feel like when I realized that they had that relationship, Scorpion and Sub-Zero, like all of a sudden I didn't care that they were palette swaps because right. it's like, oh yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. And they, they're like rival ninja clans. They wear different colors. Yeah. It totally makes sense. Well, well, and, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. It, it was always so cool that the, you know, I also really, really loved um, Sub-Zero a lot because mm-hmm. he had this, of course, there's fire and ice. It's the complete opposite things. And, you know, the creativity that went into Sub-Zero's moveset, I really liked his fatalities the most, you know, where he'd freeze him and then break him in half or, you know, something uh-huh. just very – I just that, – to me, that was the point at which I started to see, like, real uh, – I started to – I shouldn't say to see it, but to recognize the level of creativity that goes into something like that, you know? Uh, and I think they really got 
they hit the nail on the head with those two characters just because not just because they're related but because they both have these really powerful badass move sets that in the right hands are unbeatable I'm glad that Mortal Kombat kind of went the way that it did uh, instead of the original idea, uh, you know, of the Jean-Claude Van Damme video game. Oh, like, Lord. I feel like, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, that's originally what it was going to be. And then like that fell through. <laughs> so they were like, let's make Mortal Kombat. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then so Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat is a like homage to Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Let me go to number two. Cause like, Oh, sorry, yes, please. No, I was just going to say like, could you like Mortal Kombat would have just like, that would have just been a game. It would have died. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like it would have like pit fighter. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's stuff like that where it's like, can you like what, how different would the world be? Because, like, if that would have happened, Mortal Kombat wouldn't have been the big thing that it was. And then it's like, so what happens with the ESRB? Right. You know? Right. Like, I mean, it, I like think it would ha- have like come eventually. Would the world be? <laughs> yeah, I think it would have come eventually, but not at that moment. But, yeah, I yeah. think you're right. I think a lot would have changed. It's just fun to think about stuff like that. Yeah, it is. Okay, sorry, Tyler. Yes, no, uh, no. number twos. <laughs> number two is probably my most modern entry. Uh, with number two, I have John Marsden from Red Dead Redemption. Oh, nice! Oh, I okay. like that. I like that because I I have not played. I've I have Red Dead Redemption two. I haven't played it yet, so I can't speak to that that team. But God, the story of John Marsden and Everything that you do over the course of Red Dead Redemption is so fucking good. It truly is. And everything from the, uh, like his, depending on how you play him, of course, but still his redemption and how he acts and his skills and the backstory and everything about John Morrison and his story and the, the fucking heartbreaking ending that you'll... I tried multiple times to see if I could, you know, if I could change the end, make it different, but I just, I absolutely love Red Dead Redemption and John Marsden is, yeah, number, number two for a reason, because God, that story is so good. And you feel like you, by the end of it, you feel like you fully understand John Marsden and what he went through and where he is and what he's trying to be. Yeah. Everything about how how Rockstar did that was just fantastic. So hard, yeah. Strong number two for me with John Marsden. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I, I they really did a good job of telling his story. Um, and you know, even though like some of the side quests and stuff get repetitive, I enjoyed doing all that. Mm-hmm. But like, it, I can pick you, can, flowers. you can skip all of this. Right, yeah, I can I can like shoot hawks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think no, I think that I think that's awesome. I I love that he's included. That was I, always I kind of Redemption too. That was always kind of my thing in Red Dead Redemption too. It's like because it's so massive, 
And I would find myself like, oh shit, I've been hunting for three hours. I forgot what I'm supposed to be doing to move the story forward, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is sometimes what you want, you know? Like, sometimes I crave that. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I know I mentioned this on the show a lot, and it's like when I realized that I was going to have to be quarantined for five days, the first thing that popped in my mind was, I should probably get back into Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep, yep. And just and just like lose myself uh, for five days, and, um, and then I was like, "Nah, better not, <laughs> better not do that." <laughs> so you have to crawl back out of that hole. Yeah, that's right. Or feel bad, like, and be like, "Well, I spent fifteen dollars, and all I did was play this game for five days straight." <laughs> hey, all that spending fifteen dollars over the course of five days is pretty good. It's pretty. Good. I consider that a win. It, it is, but it's weird for me with Final Fantasy fourteen because it's always I. It doesn't matter how much time I play, I either feel like I didn't play enough to justify the fifteen dollars, or I played too much uh, to justify, um, you know, being an adult. <laughs> yeah. So it's like this. It's like there's the there, if there's a line there, it's hard to tell. Much like my COVID test. Yeah. <laughs> what's your number two dave uh my number two is uh frog from chrono trigger um this was a toss-up between frog and magus i go back and forth thematically thematically i like magus better i like i like i i like what magus I I like how he acts. He's this dark, mysterious character. He like decides that he's going to uh, stop the apocalypse himself. Uh, And then he's like thwarted (laughs) by the heroes of the game. Um, And I I I like that angle a lot. And I like the, I I love Magus and I, and I love I could almost do this as like a frog and Magus maybe because like their stories are very entwined. No, I totally agree. No, um, I, I think you could have done that as a combo. Absolutely. Because like you really can't have one without the other. You definitely can't have frog without Magus because frog is um, a squire whose um, master is defeated by Magus and then uh, humiliated by being cursed, by being turned into a, a frog, a frog human um, by Magus. Um, and it's, I love, I love Frog's arc. I think it's, I think his arc is, is great. I do think he's a little victim-y, uh, but like rightfully so. I mean, like he, he really gets like, beat the beat the fuck up uh, at the beginning of his arc and then he gets a little like i mean this is like one of the first characters that i remember it, this is going to sound really silly because he's a frog but like really deals with depression in a 1990s yeah. like super nintendo game like i mean really does like really like he's done like he's in his frog hole he doesn't give a shit about the massive moon. Yep. He doesn't. He's done. And Cyrus like, is dead, and I wasn't you know, as good as Cyrus. Why? Why should I even be here? Yeah. 
Yep. And it's like, it's, um, and then, you know, his story of like coming through that and, um, and then going on to, you know, say, save, uh, time, I guess. Um, yeah, I love, I love frog and I, I love the story of Magus and frog and I love, um, that's honestly like as much as I love Chrono Trigger, I don't feel like I love that. I definitely don't love that game nearly as much as I do without those two characters. Mm-hmm. Like they are like truly those two characters, like the heart and soul of that game for me. I agree with you as much as I love Robo. There's not as much with Robo as, you know, Frog and Magus. So yeah, I'm with you hundred percent, but I mean, and Fro- yeah, Frog and is still considered a hero in the kingdom. How cruel is it that no one calls him Glenn and everyone just calls him Frog? Frog, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's all. I, it's like one of my um, like when I do you know playthroughs and stuff, I'll name him Glenn. You yep. know, <laughs> I name him Glenn and name Frog Janice. So yeah, <laughs> or Magus Janice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I name yeah, uh, Robo R six six dash one. Uh huh. And then um, Nadia for Nadia. Uh, oh, yep, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yep. Oh man, every time I talk about Chrono Trigger, I'm gonna go play it. Um, and what'll happen is I'll get to the um, the end of the prison segment, and then I'll be like, I'm tired. I need to go to bed. <laughs> yep, yep. The speed runs that I've been watching people do on Games Done Quick because they're kind of expanding that into a lot of subsections. Uh, so they'll have like one where people who used to speed run it a lot, ask them to come back and play it rusty and just see how they do. Oh, okay. Or I think that's called that's like, fine. yeah, that's, or um, mercy. I think maybe it's called mercy kill because like they'll try to get to where they were. And if they're too far off, they just end the run. They mercy kill it because they're just so rusty. <laughs> but I've, I've, I've watched two corner trigger ones and they're really, really good seeing, what all people do, uh, the character choices, and how they fight the bosses, and it's it's good to sit down in my office on like a Monday when I'm doing all my reports, and I can have a four hour long speed run of Colonel Trigger done in the background. Yeah, yeah, that does sound nice. Ian, what about you? What's your number two? <clears throat> My number two might surprise you only because of who I picked for number one, uh, given my list. Um, I will, I would ask that, uh, would you kindly allow me to introduce my number two as Andrew Ryan from the Bioshock series? Uh, okay. Um, I was curious when Bioshock was going to come up. I mean, I can, you know, I've, I, talked about Bioshock on the show like one of the first few times I was on like years ago uh, a couple years Mm -hmm. ago and how much those games just mean to me and um, that first run through that game uh, just blew my mind you know it was like I cannot believe how I didn't see any of this coming it was a complete surprise to me it was just in general a obviously wonderful and fascinating world that they were built. But one of the things that I found myself doing in that game, which I would normally not do is listening intently 
to the recordings that you find of Andrew Ryan and his sort of manifesto, you know, and the way they wrote that and how brilliant it is. And, you know, uh, no, says the man in Moscow, it belongs to everyone. I reject those answers. Instead, I choose something different. Mm. I choose the impossible. You know, it's just things like that just really got to me. Um, and, you know, the game, those games in and of themselves are just perfection, in my opinion. They're wonderful games that are going to be just in my top five for as a, as a trilogy, as a one, as a whole, all three of those games as one are in my top five. And, um, I just love the, the twist with Andrew Ryan and all this stuff that they just give you, uh, to listen to, to that. They, they just went to this extreme to make, to be immersive for this game to be immersive and for you to want to pay attention to the story mm-hmm. and to the history and to the things that have happened up to this point. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think Andrew Ryan just embodies that, that whole feeling of, of, uh, you know, it, it's, it's disappointing that Rapture didn't work, right? It's, it's disappointing because you, you hear what he has to say. And even though he's obviously kind of a madman, <laughs> uh, the idea was there and it started off okay. Um, and, and then you just, it's, it, it, it lends a, it lends a sort of this depressing sort of disappointment that you feel knowing that this guy had this vision and this dream and he built this thing and then it all went to shit. Um, and they just do such a good job with that character of, of bringing you into the story and making you a part of it. That, uh, is why I've got him on my list as number two. Oh, hard, hard agree. Hard agree with all that. Mm-hmm. And I love, uh, because I recently, you know, I played through Infinite again, which, man, hits, hits different and harder, uh, in, in our current times. But I was playing the DLC, and, you know, the DLC takes place back in Bioshock, only you're in a reality to where, Andrew Ryan never let uh, Fontaine get started. Just fucking killed him outright. You're doing mm-hmm. what now? No, huh. fuck you. Kills him outright. And how you're playing through Booker and Elizabeth in their different iterations in in a whole beautiful, still functioning rapture. Yes. Huh. Which again, you know, by the time they got to Infinite, I thought, okay. When, the, when they were talking about Columbia, and it's Columbia, right? Yes. And, and it's in the sky. It's like, okay, they're, you know, I at first, when I heard about what the game was going to be, I was like, oh, God. You know, they they can't do anything else underwater, so now they're going up into the sky, and it's a cash grab. Uh, turns out that was way off. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. even even... To, to take that idea and completely, literally flip it upside down and do the things that they're doing and add that whole new mechanic of like the zip lines and all that stuff. Yeah. It was, it was, su- I, I would say almost as surprisingly good to me as the initial Bioshock because I really didn't think they could do it again. Uh, and I was, I was proven very wrong. Uh, by that so yeah 
big big ups to Andrew Ryan and Bioshock and the whole series. Just oh, yes. I, like I told you, I downloaded it for the Switch. I haven't started it back up yet, but it's on my list. I was so glad I replayed through all of it. So glad. Well, do we want to go through some honorable mentions before we all before we hit number one? Yeah, I like that idea. I have a bunch. I have a bunch of honorable mentions. I do too, because as I've been thinking, I've been adding. Oh, okay, awesome. I've I've only added one since we've been since we've been uh, recording. Uh, so here here's what I have for honorable mentions. Um, Ryu from Street Fighter. Yep, me too. <laughs> Lo- nice. Love love Ryu. <laughs> Um, you know, anytime there's, he's like the, he's like the baseline. He's like the baseline for like fighting game characters. And his story is actually good for a fighting game character. Everything around him and Ken and Akuma and Shinlong and all that. Yep. Yep. I like the drama there. I also like, he's like very monk-like and like, you know, um, just striving for perfection kind of deal and i think that's you know very interesting i like the bearded ryu that we got there the older ryu uh i thought that was cool uh the kenobi ryu kenobi (laughs) um scorpion was on my list of honorable mentions uh which i know ian i'm so glad that he wound up on ian's list (laughs) proper uh i have mega man on there as well good one um just because uh I love Mega Man. You know, Magnet Man for character design might also be on the honorable mentions. <laughs> um, Deckard Kane. I've got Deckard Kane on there. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I'm always like, whenever I'm playing a Diablo game, like, I love it when he shows up. And I love that he was like, that he played as big a role as he did in three. Um, just hearing that voice is like, I don't know. It's like nostalgia juice. Um, Earthworm Jim, I've got Earthworm Jim on the list. Um, uh, unfortunately, the creative Earthworm Jim is kind of like a f- flaming pile of garbage, but uh, mm. I still like I still like the character. Um, I've got uh, the dog from Fable Two <laughs> as an honorable mention, uh, which really almost got on the real list. Uh, that was a really really close contender for number five. Um, I'm a Tom Nook apologist, so I've got Tom Nook on there. I get it. Like, you got to pay him for loans and shit, but his loans are very reasonable. He's like, zero pay interest. me back. Zero interest. Pay me back anytime you want. Hey, when, when's my next payment due, Tom? Never, as far as I fucking care. I don't need to hear like, your capitalist apologizing. <laughs> I think Tom Nook. I think Tom Nook is doing some real good out there. He's just giving his money out, essentially treating everybody as his friend. Where it's like, just pay me back when you got it. Uh, I've got Clementine from The Walking Dead on there. Um, I think that I, I think that, like that is still one of the games that I remember like crying while playing. Um, that was uh, the, that first that first arc I thought was really really good. Uh, I know Ian mentioned Overwatch earlier. I've got Diva uh, on an honorable mention on, as an honorable mention. Uh, I love her character design, and I love how meta it is. Where it's like she is 
talking about video games while being a character in a video game. <laughs> I love that. I love the fact that she's a tank class um, while being a girl. I think that's cool. And I think that like the fact that she is uh, bringing a mech <laughs> to a team-based like shooter, uh, I think that's also really, really cool. Um, I've got Scarecrow from Batman Arkham Asylum. Uh, oh, good. That's because, a good man, one. Oh, man, those segments in Arkham Asylum are so good. Um, and very memorable. Uh, I've got Toad from Super Mario series. Of you course, know I love Toad. Of course, that's going to be on yours. Love Toad. Love Toad. Um, I've got Tifa Lockhart from Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love me some monks in Final Fantasy games, <laughs> typically. Um, Tifa, especially, it took the remaster. Like, I always liked Tifa, but like in the remaster, um, especially, it's like, man, Tifa is so much fun to play. Um, that anytime it was, it's like, it's, she's like Poochie. Anytime <laughs> I was playing Final Fantasy VII Remake and Tifa wasn't on screen, I was like, where's Tifa? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and then Dionysus from Hades. Um, oh, fuck and, yes. uh, and then Three Dog from Fallout 3. Three Dog's a good one. Love Three Dog. Oh my gosh. Like the, the number of times that I don't know. He's he's the best. And like I, I honestly think I, I, as cool as it was meeting Three Dog in the game, I almost kind of wish that you that you didn't. And he was always just kind of like this um disembodied companion, you know. Oh, I can I can certainly agree with you on that. Uh, let's see my honorable mentions. My first one, who was number five until I thought about Kane. My number five was General Leo. Yeah, nice. Uh, then, of course, I've got Magus and Frog, honorable mentions. Cyan Garamond from Final Fantasy VI. I love Cyan's story and playing back mm-hmm. through as a married father. I know, Cyan's dude. Cyan's story will rip your heart out. I know, dude. It's weird, man. That's like that. And I was thinking about with Final Fantasy seven too. like the older I get, the more I like Barrett. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Like and it's it's it works the same way for me, too, with Cyan. I total totally agree with that. Uh, let's see. Of course, I had Ryu as well. Uh, Elizabeth and Booker DeWitt from Infinite. Mm hmm. Uh, let's see Xander Cohen from Bioshock because I loved all the his fucked up art project and what you can do and his appearances in two yeah. and how he's you know an infinite in the in you know the DLC but Rapture's whole he has his whole posters everywhere about all his albums and what he's doing and pushing the boundaries uh, I've got Jeff and Donuts and Donuts from Earthbound Earthbound is probably my favorite game of all time, but all the characters it Earthbound is more about the entire journey and the story as opposed to any one character's story. Because they are the just that yeah sort of kids that get a calling that come together and they each have their own individual traits and 
a little bit of the story, so I didn't really pick any of them, but I wanted to keep I have a new honorable them. mention. Yeah. I have a new honorable mention, and that is Dungeon Man. Yeah. I um, thought about putting him on there too. <laughs> I love I love Dungeon Man. Like there are some things like in Earthbound. Like it's been it's been since we've done an episode in Earthbound that I've really like thought about it, but like Dungeon Dungeon Man always sticks God, out. God, it's so good. And I enjoyed being able to play Dungeon Man's really weird ass music in uh, in, uh, in the tabletop whenever you guys went to Apple Valley. So that <laughs> nice, was the perfect yeah. time for that. Uh, I have Handsome Jack from Borderlands. Handsome Jack comes across as sort of a pompous, annoying boss until you start finding out more about what happened to him and how, you know, like the rarest thing in the universe is uh, a siren. So, you know, you can always play a siren as a, you know, a playable character on the Borderlands, but having a human with those kind of abilities is incredibly rare. And Handsome Jack's daughter was a siren. So it's it's heartbreaking seeing him basically as just a, a wage slave who suddenly his daughter is the commodity every one of these mega corporations wants. And how everything revolving her and the path that takes twists him into being the CEO and warped villain of one of the mega corporations over time. So I love, I love Handsome Jack. Uh, I got the narrator from Bastion. Uh, it's a good one. The way the narrator just tells the story and breaks everything down and the jokes. And I just, man, I love Bastion. Uh, Zero for Mega Man X. I love Zero, and I've I've never played anything beyond three, but I would like to check out four, five, and six. I've watched the completionist do some videos and break those down. I've watched some speed runs. I'd really like to. I want I want to play more of, of Zero and how he plays completely differently from X because X, you know, keeps his whole thing throughout the series where you know he's the range fighter, shoots, gets the weapon. Zero, Mm -hmm. for the most part, just has his saber. And after he beats a a maverick, he has a new saber style that he can use. And you input those sort of like the fighting moves to pull off different saber mechanics with Zero, at least in four. So I've been thinking about Zero a lot recently, um, mainly because like, I've been like, man, I got to get Henry into Mega Man X because like, I would love to see him cosplay as zero <laughs> with oh, his long shit. hair. <laughs> oh shit. Yes. <laughs> That's good. I know. I know. Let's see. I've got uh Golbez from Final Fantasy four, uh, because he's, you know, of course the, the dark shadowy protagonist antagonist, Love Golbez. Love that twist at the end. Uh, I've got mm-hmm. Shantoto from uh, Final Fantasy XI. <laughs> nice. The dark, fucked it. up I black page. <laughs> yep. I'll uh, see Joey Atriades from Suikoden 2. So he is... Atriades nuts! <laughs> <laughs> That's two. <laughs> so in Final Fantasy, in Suikoden 2, rather, Suikoden 2... Um, the main hero and his best friend find a true rune that's been split into two pieces and they each get one. And from that point on, they both have to take different paths in life. And Joey, you know, sort of becomes 
an antagonist type and his journey because of the the black sword rune is really really good so joey's absolutely an honorable mention uh matthew silverberg he's your tactician nice. from the original squeak it in um Jacob and I loved Matthew. We include Matthew like in a lot of our D and D games as some sort of a mm-hmm. a mentor type figure. Going on that further, uh, Flick and Victor. Uh, I love Flick and Victor. I think are always. I originally just had Flick, but it's like they they work together. You need to have Flick and Victor. Um, I think Flick has the deeper story. You sort of it's never explained to you, but you just have to get subtle hints on it about how you know he loved odessa he had his sword name so he was used to come from the warriors village and like everything you piece together about flick over time is really good uh that tali zora vos normandy from the mass effect series man i almost put tali on my on my honorable mentions (laughs) best girl best girl tali zora yeah yeah uh then i've got glados from portal one and two Oh, that's a good one, yeah. Such a good antagonist. Uh, General Lemon from Shining Force 2. He kind of fits the same profile as uh, General Leo, but instead of dying, he becomes, you know, a cursed vampire uh, that, that, you know, he uses the curse for him in the end. Uh, Hi-Yo from Suikoden, just because Hi-Yo is who you use in the cooking game. The cookie was sweeping into is so much fucking fun. Uh, then I've got Clementine from The Walking Dead, uh, Bigby Wolf from A Wolf Among Us. Oh, nice! That's a good one. And then last, uh, Wirt's Leg from Diablo Two. <laughs> I almost put Wirt in there. Yeah. <laughs> and you got some honorable mentions. I have a few. My list is nowhere near as extensive as y'all's, but um, I did have Kirby on my list as an honorable mention, and for a lot of the same reasons as um, Dave. I've really come to appreciate Kirby a lot since I started playing the Forgotten Lands uh, game recently, uh, so he's in there. Uh, Chun-Li, I always loved Chun-Li uh, from Street mm-hmm. Fighter. Uh, because A, she's really powerful, but B, super sexy. And that kind of got me mm-hmm. thinking a lot about, you know, sexy Japanese art uh, yeah. back mm-hmm. in the day. You <laughs> it's know. called hentai, and yeah. it's art. Right. And it's art. <laughs> uh, it got me really good at pausing. Friendly. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, frames. I really do. I really do think that they're like. Well, you know, to be good at fighting games, you're going to be able to, you're going to want to count frames and we're going to give you an incentive on how right. to do that. <laughs> and what an incentive it was. <laughs> um, Poseidon from Hades. Um, yes. Love that guy. Just mm-hmm. can't get enough, nephew, you know. Uh, <laughs> Also, just because I was in Hades, I was like super prone to like leveling up his power ups, the stuff that he gives you. Um, Fuck yes, because it's so powerful. I mean, and when they when you start stacking his boons, it's like ridiculous 
how much damage mm-hmm. you can do and uh, how quickly you could just like decimate a room full of enemies. So uh, really liked him. I got to go old school and put Luigi on this list. I've always liked Luigi. I've always loved yeah, those um, Luigi's Mansion games. Those are some of my favorite games from like the Mario world. Um, that dynamic of, you know, vacuuming up the ghosts. It just gives you that kind of Ghostbusters feel that you never got from a Ghostbusters game. <laughs> you know? Um but yeah, that image of Luigi with those uh, the statue of Luigi looking scared uh, <laughs> and those two girls, yeah, is honestly like one of my favorite memes <laughs> from like recent <laughs> recent history. It's so good, I uh, love it because I think that's how he would be in the presence of those girls. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's yeah. like so uh, accurate. It should, it's, it's canon. It's like. It's like uh, a Smithers in the strip club energy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you just can't go wrong with Luigi. And plus, I always liked him in the Mario games when you could play as Luigi because uh, he could jump higher. You know, uh, just really liked that about him. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and I'm then, sharing gifts. Yeah, I, he, I've got the Smithers gif popping up in front of me and it's it's <laughs> killing me <laughs> holy shit okay um and my last honorable mention was uh is lara croft from the new tomb raider games the newish nice. tomb raider games um i really enjoyed those games and they they put a lot of depth into that character and to uh the backstory and the history and uh made those more than just adventure games it was very detailed again kind of like the bioshock thing where you really kind of get sucked into the story um and i think that character really drives that home so that's my fifth and final honorable mention lara croft i need to play those i haven't played any of the new ones um and i've heard they're really really good yeah they are i played through all of them uh and very satisfied. Did you play that? What was that new uh, Star Wars, the new, newer-ish Star Wars game? Jedi Order or what was uh, is it? it? Jedi? Is it Outcast? Is it Outcast? I don't know. God Almighty! No, I, I can't. But no, but no, I haven't played it. Well, I bought it. Uh, I bought it but I can't remember what it's called. Fallen what Order. Fallen Order. Fallen Order. That's it. It's a uh, very Fallen Order is very similar to those Tomb Raider games. It has a very similar mechanic, just like, you know, with lightsabers and shit. But, um, yeah, they're, they're really good. I highly recommend them. But right now, you could probably get all those new newer Tomb Raider games, dirt cheap somewhere. Um, I do recommend them if, if you're into that kind of thing. I am. I think I'd really enjoy them. It's just, and I think I even own maybe the first one i remember it like going on really deep discount at some point yeah i might own more than one but it's just been one of those where it's like i, I never think of it you know what i mean like sure. when i have like five days of quarantine i'm tomb raider just never like isn't at the top of right. my mind. well i and i i've got actually i can add one more on the same vein as drake from uncharted you know i, I played I thought the, about yeah. i thought about drake yep those I'm games surprised you didn't are great. Come up, honestly, those games are mm-hmm. great too. And I had a PlayStation for about five minutes, but I did play through a few of the Uncharted games, and I really liked them. So, um, 
but and, and it's kind of for the same reason because I do like that sort of archaeology adventure Indiana Jones type thing. Uh, and those those both of those games are right in that wheelhouse for me. So definitely definitely uh, Drake. It's going to be I, on my list, too. I figured you would have said Tails. I was waiting for you to say Tails from Sonic. Uh, well, yeah. That's a good one. See, I, I didn't spend that much time working out my honorable mentions because uh, I've only been doing it since we've been talking tonight. Uh, so my li- <laughs> And I've been listening to you guys, so I'll get distracted and be like, oh, fuck, I was trying to think of something, but... Yeah. Well, with with Mugman, Luigi, and I was waiting for Tails. I was like, Ian likes the, the like quiet centered partners. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. that's good. That's good. Yeah. We will go on to number one now. Sure. Number one. My number yeah, let's one. Let's do it. My number one favorite video game character of all time would have to be Alucard from the Castlevania series. Okay. Really? So, so okay, is, I like this. There is, there's just, well, because one, that saga is One, his complete. name is Dracula backwards. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that story is, you know, because going from Castlevania 3 to um, the one for DS uh, that, that takes place in the future, you know, that story is told. So you get to see, reading up on it, seeing what I have from the video games, uh, everything about Alucard's story is so fucking good. And getting, you know, I think Symphony of the Night is still the best Castlevania game, hands down. So, and I guess I'm also, I have to be, even though it's not a video game, I'm still a little biased from the Netflix series because I think Alucard is so fucking good in that series. I think they did an amazing yeah. job capturing him there. Mm-hmm. So if I'm just looking at the the full complete story of a video game character, yeah, it's 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 Alucard. It's it's gray. It's high. It's low. It's it's everything. It's beautiful. I love Alucard. I almost put. I, I'm surprised I didn't have Richter and Alucard as uh, honorable mentions. I and especially because I was even thinking about including Alucard on my on my top five. Um, but yeah, I I love I love Symphony of the Night, and I I you know I've tried to play like I played Aria Sorrow, and I liked it okay, but what happened was i was playing it and i was like man i want to play symphony of the night <laughs> like this is yep. fun i like this but like i have symphony of the night just right over there in the other room <laughs> um i could just do that <laughs> see because i love it you don't get the reveal until later you know because alucard is in those in the dawn dawn of sorrow and um all all those handheld ones so it's just it's so it's That's so cool. well done, and I, I I love everything about it. What about you, Dave? My number one uh, video game character of all time uh, at the time of this recording is, <laughs> uh, and this is this is one hundred percent wish fulfillment. Okay, this is like one hundred percent like fa- like you know this is fan this is fantasy. This is like. You know, when I play this game and I play as this character, this is who I want to be. Uh, and it is it is complete fantasy. Uh, and that is a horrible goose. 
Um, <laughs> my favorite video game character <laughs> of Perfect. all time is a horrible goose. That's not a joke. Uh, <laughs> it just happens to be funny. Uh, it's I, I love this character so much. Um, I I remember being terrified of geese as a child, and then like. <laughs> I remember being chased by a horrible goose as a child and then like being able to like harness that terror <laughs> and like spin it around and spit it out in the form of this like and it kind of goes back to Kirby. Um, I mean, oh, the horrible goose is incredibly it, it's it charming, uh, but also a very, a very uh, covert badass. Um, I loved, I loved untitled goose game so much. Um, and, uh, the goose is just so much fun to play as. Um, and it is, it's like, it's, it's kind it gives me the same playing that game gives me like the same feeling that I get playing a grand theft auto game, but in a very like, but in like a wholesome key, right. As opposed to like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, because it's, you're, you're just being a bad, you're just being a bad bird. Um, but it's okay because everything in this world is, you know, uh, ideal. You're <laughs> like, your crimes are just so minor. Um, that it's, um, it's, it's adorable. I, I love this game and I, lo I love the goose so much. Excellent. No, I think that, Ian, how about you? The most perfect choice. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I, you know, is, this might, mine's probably going to seem awfully strange if we're talking about my favorite character of all time ever in a video game, but I kind of think, see it as well as something that impacted me unexpe unexpectedly, um, in, in recent memory, something that I still think about, uh, this character, uh, because it became such a surprise for me, uh, on this game. Uh, my, my, all-time favorite as of right now character that had the most kind of impact on me is uh Sayori from Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh. Okay, all right. Uh you know how she just starts out and I I this would probably be spoilers uh spoiler territory I I reckon. I did we did you guys spoil Doki Doki like hardcore on the episode we did we, or you did? We did. We did, okay. but that was a that was a while back. So there's a there's a good chance that somebody listening to this may not have listened to that. So yeah, jump forward two or three minutes. Give or I mean, I probably won't talk about it for two or three minutes, but uh, just the fact that she is, you know, sort of clumsy, sort of bubbly, sort of she's the best buddy, and she's the mm -hmm. kind of gotten friend zoned by you and. You can tell right off the bat she's got this massive crush on you, but you're, and she's now in competition with these other girls who she brought you into this club to begin with. And the fact that she just like sort of spirals down into this unbelievably horrible depression, uh, and it, 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 that really got me. It really got to me. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I have never felt like emotionally sort of, I don't know, I don't know how to put it. It just, I, I don't know that I can't remember having a legitimately emotional reaction to something happening in a video game, uh, 
until this because mm-hmm. it's it's easy to get sort of sucked into the story and at first again it's just sort of this like dippy little the poetry thing and whatnot but it gets so deep so fast uh and the way that game fucks with your mind and the way that pretends to fuck with your computer and you know mm-hmm. all that all that stuff but that character to me is is I, I feel that they went above and beyond to put a voice to what it is like to be truly and completely depressed and how absolutely awful severe depression can be. And without getting preachy, they, they say, they're saying to me, get help if you need it, right? It's just... And I think they just did such a great job of pushing that out in the form of Sayori that that's that's why I put her at the top of my list simply because it was just that powerful to me. Um, mm-hmm. So there you have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian, I really uh, I want to give you the audio books for uh, the Stormlight Archive because hearing you say that makes me be like, oh man. Ian has to read the Stormlight Archive and read about Kaladin, one of the main characters who Brendan Sanderson brought on like psychologists and psychiatrists that have him be able to properly portray a soldier with depression and PTSD. Uh-huh. Okay. It's it's and what he does on that journey and to try to, you know, when he's in the bottom of it how he has to get out of it and what he does to try to help other people with it. Like you, you saying that alone makes me, makes me think like, man, Ian has got to read these books. Cause I think you well, absolutely love them. And I don't pretend to understand depression, you know, because I don't feel that I suffer from it. And I definitely can't understand it the way that, you know, but I also know how, horrible it can be for people i've known a lot of people who do suffer from deep depression and you know you see all these things on tv or on whatever if you need help call this number type of thing and i think it's just because that's such a wide problem for so many people uh that when when an a video game maker an author somebody has the ability to inject a message into something that is also entertaining uh and they take the opportunity to do that i just really have a lot of respect for that so um i thought that character saori's character was just um really really well thought out and uh really well written so yeah no i'm with you 100 percent I feel like that was some good shit. I lo- I enjoyed this discussion very much. Me too. Yeah, I like how this turned out. This was a lot of fun. So we'll do it again next week, which is with NES games, baby. Maybe we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I I I'm down to talk about NES games. I I kind of threw that out as an option because I I felt like NES games might be like the best common ground for the three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you guys, uh, if you two have any other ideas between now and when we need to record, I'm, I'm definitely open. Okay. 
Well, and to clarify for our audience, we are going to play it safe one more week and make sure we're recording remotely next time uh, because we want to make sure everybody's safe and healthy. And we all want to make sure uh, on that same note that all of you are still remaining safe and healthy out there. Be careful because COVID has not gone away. <laughs> Take care of yourself. No, not at all. What's it? That's that's a pretty good time there. We want to call it there. Sure. Yeah, I think I think that's good. I think that's a I think that's an episode. Cool. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. I still always want to say SoundCloud. Always want to say SoundCloud. I have to tell myself to. Stop. I always expect to. Hear I it. do too. <laughs> I was going to say I always expect to hear it. I'm re-upping it right now. It's fine. <laughs> we, we just need to hear it. <laughs> I'll just start saying not SoundCloud. That way I can still say it. Not, okay. <laughs> Perfect. Then we don't have to pay for it. Great. <laughs> uh, if you want to call us, you can call us at 270-883-2555. you want to send us something when we're back together, if we have a package, we may be able to do that. Uh, that'll be Tadpog Studios, care of Nicole Nance, P.O. Box 3785, Paducah, Kentucky, 42002. Hey, Ian, do you have any executive producers for us? I do. We have a list of very, very generous people who uh, donate $20 or more per month, and it is something I look forward to every week uh, is reading this list of people, and I'm going to do that right now, starting with, uh, let's see, Usurper Grimm. Cousin, David Galeno. Temporal, Eternal Savior, Cubicle Monkey. Plinko, Nick Price. Executive Producer, Dig Dougie. Enthusiast, Jeff Miners. Clambro, Cody Phillips. Bantha Master. Gamebug Prime, Nathan Eaton. Matt Gentile, a.k.a. Gentle G. Congratulations on your marriage. Magical Sleeper, a.k.a. Big Dick Pie Baker, Chris Vaughn. Princess Banana Hammock, Flavor Trick, Taryn Landon. Pinball Archmage, Chris Edler. I'm sorry you couldn't be on this episode. Platinum Member, Brett Miller. Sandwich Pope, Phil Hawkins. Nate from Utah first-time caller, Drinksmith, Joey Webster, Master Cycle Baron, Kevin Link, Barbecue Baron, Andrew Rowland, General Kenobi Massacre, and last but not least, Sick Jake, we're sorry you fell for the marketing. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, I don't think we have anything new on the Patreon side of things. So, uh, our our uh, theme song is moved by Sticking More Drive under that track on the show notes at tappock.com. How you guys want to close it out? I mean, I guess is your favorite uh, video game character of all time. All right. Perfect. So until next time, Tropical Capricorn. Mankind ill needs a savior such as you. (laughs) (laughs) Obey your thirst. Drink Sprite. (laughs) And now, a dramatic reading. A duck walked up to a corner store, and he said to the woman running the store, Hey, got any grapes? The woman said, No, it's a corner store. 
I mean, grapes aren't really what we're known for. <laughs> We've got some grape drinks, the duck said. They kind of stink. Then he waddled away till the very <laughs> next day. When the duck walked to the corner store and he said to the woman running that store, Hey! Got any grapes? The woman said, Oh, it's you again, duck. I've already told you you're out of grup. Grup. We're out of luck. We've got some grape gum. The duck said, I'll take none. And then this goes on for a very, very, very long time. So I'll stop there. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you.